Hey folks, this is Steve and Joe, and this is the Jobot and Laserbeam show. We're excited today because we're going to talk to Aaron Harrell, one of our dear friends, about energy management. That's been a series that we've been going through. But before we get to that, Joe, how serious was that? <laughs> Does that feel okay? <laughs> that was great. That was great. I was I couldn't look at you because I was having a hard time keeping a straight face. <laughs> or I was trying to be serious for the intro. <laughs> it was great. It was really good. We're mixing it up here. I like it. Um, I've been recording myself to work on like demos for work. This is like work related stuff. Yeah. So I'm like in this mode of like seriousness a little bit right now. Mm, gotcha. So it didn't feel that much of a departure yeah that's good i'm on the opposite side of the yeah. spectrum i just <laughs> went for a walk with Mackenzie, and we got tk burger and i ate it really fast so i'm just fully adrenalized right now <laughs> <laughs> so okay yeah what's the last uh what's the latest what's the last couple of weeks like um a couple of weeks i mean a couple of days yeah a couple of days let's not go through a whole couple of weeks <laughs> um i feel like there's so many things uh they're just all flooding me right now, overwhelming. Uh, Megan and Chris, Mackenzie's yeah. um, sister and future brother-in-law, mm-hmm. uh, came and stayed with us last weekend. That was a lot of fun. Um, and they came and they asked me to officiate their wedding. Oh, whoa, that's cool. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. That's fun. Um, we like went to dinner and they were all like, they gave me like a whole spiel. And no like, way, that's me so to do fun. It. So yeah, I'm super pumped. That'll be my second wedding. Yeah, because you've done one before. Done one before. Who whose was it? I'm forgetting. It was Ryan Frost, who I coached oh, yeah. with. Frosty. And yeah, and his wife. Yeah, Frosty and his wife Paige. Yeah. Um so yeah, that was fun. And then they asked and then Megan the, when we went to Corey Wong, another big event that we did, mm-hmm. um, Megan asked Mackenzie to be her maid of honor, matron of honor, whatever oh, she it is. She hadn't done that yet. She hadn't they haven't asked anybody yet. They still wow. have like seven months. Oh, okay. That's yeah, a lot of time. It's like September. So I don't know why it feels like it's closer than that to me, but yeah. Okay. I f- yeah, I agree. I that feel makes that, sense. that way too. But yeah, so that was a lot of fun cool. having them. It's cool. We always, as we are like entering a new phase of stage of life, mm-hmm. having kids and thinking more about, you know, being around family a lot and stuff. Yeah. And we, we see this relationship. You know, even with my family and my brother too, like yeah, it's gonna only grow. Yeah, we see these relationships very differently than we have been. For sure, it's it's just we don't get a lot of time with them, so it's a lot of fun. Yep, I can I can understand that for sure. Yeah, we're in a similar situation, honestly, because you have a brother that lives close. I have a brother that lives close Mm -hmm. with his fiance. Yeah, and then we both have like others that live further away. I mean, you have. Megan, who lives in San Francisco, yeah. which is a little closer than my sister, who lives in, uh, well, now she, now she lives in Carolina, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you are much more spread out. I mean, both your parents and Matt's parents, Yeah. and my my parents are here, and then even Mackenzie's family is only a five-hour drive, five-and-a-half, six-hour drive, so. Feels like similar stages of life, though, in a sense, which is kind of fun. Yeah, definitely. So, we talked to, well... You check in. Yeah. How are you I doing? should probably talk. Yeah. Talk about myself right for a little right to bit. business. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I got excited. Um, so we went to that concert, Corey Wong. Yeah. That was fun with your brother and Chris, as you mentioned. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry to interrupt, but I, did we mention that Aaron's not here yet? Yeah. We did. I think I said that we were, <laughs> we'd have to go back and look, but I think I said <laughs> we're going to talk to Aaron in a little bit. Okay. He's yeah. on his way. 
I didn't want anybody to be like, where's Aaron? Well, we're trying a little different format too, like recording the intro and that yeah. first. So we'll see how that feels. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I interrupted. No, no worries. Um, oh, well, Bo just started going to daycare. Oh. We're kind of easing into it because Matt still has a couple weeks. Does that feel like a big development in Bo's life? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, and like us too, you know, Mads has been with him every day for the last whatever five months he's been alive yeah and uh yeah so i mean i think it's a good thing and a hard thing at the same time Mm -hmm. good in the sense that mads can have a little bit of freedom like she went to the gym and uh got her hair cut you know some of those things where she's felt like she hasn't been able to like do her normal like uh maintenance routine let's say and she's not like a high maintenance person yeah but just like general things like get a haircut get your pedicure mm-hmm. that kind of thing she hasn't really gotten to do that so she's gonna do that this week actually friday she's gonna go have like a spa day oh nice which will be cool oh that's great yeah you guys love the spa huh well i i, I like or it massage massages mads loves it for mm. sure yeah yeah um like she'll enjoy doing that on like a trip mm. i kind of like having an adventure and then hanging out mm. at the end of the day yeah um and that can include a massage for sure but um yeah so it'd be cool to see her kind of get some of her time back in that sense and uh see what he has to do see what he does at daycare because now he'll be around like other kids dang uh learning stuff from them i'm sure and I picked him up for the first time today, which was fun. Mm -hmm. You know, he smiles as soon as he sees me, which feels good. That's so cool. And then I'm like, okay, hopefully he doesn't cry in the car Mm -hmm. uh, on the way home. Because I don't have Mads in the back seat to like Mm -hmm. entertain him or whatever. It's just everything is a different experience right now. So it's those little things, those slightly different things can feel big uh, when you've been used to the same thing for a while. Yeah. And uh, it's hard for him to nap. Um at daycare right now i mean he's been there three this was his third day today Mm. and it's just a lot of new smells he's also that that guy who like like me uh is very curious and like want like uh, easily distracted maybe to a certain degree or like enthralled with something so i think he's there's a lot of stimulus new stimuli in the uh the daycare but i bet what do you think uh what does a five-month-old learn from other five-month-old babies i think like right now he's working on trying to crawl Uh you can see that he wants to so bad yeah but they're not all five months old like there's kids that are older and younger than him Mm, so he's observing them so i see those little some little kids ripping around in there and i'm like bo watch that guy or girl (laughs) or whatever you're almost there you know yeah Maybe he'll pick something up. I just envisioned you doing the same thing at the ice rink with him in yeah. <laughs> 10 years, you know? And then I guess Mads picked him up the other day and he was sitting, there's like a table with all these high chairs uh-huh. and all the kids are sitting at it, like like circle dinner table. Yeah. And they're all just eating together. That's cool. And it's so cute. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> they're just, you know, like uh, cutting it up. It looks like they're just cutting it up like old friends. <laughs> at the table. That's great. So it's it's pretty fun to see and and he's in a good place which feels really good um we're excited about that and uh yeah that's the probably the biggest development for the most part one of the so i started my current job in january Uh 
and one of my old coworkers I referred and he got a job at this company too. And oh. he was like my favorite dude at the past company. Oh, that's sick. And his first day was today. Nice. And I'm so stoked that I get to like chat with him. Do and, you talk to him pretty often? I mean, I will. Yeah. Like our roles are separate in the sense that we won't work directly with each other uh-huh. uh, or probably as closely as we were at the previous company. Yeah. Um, but we'll end up chatting, I'm sure. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And we've kind of stayed in touch throughout the lapse in employment and all that. Are there a lot of, do you interact with, like the people you interact with at your job, are they typically similar to you? Like same age or mm. at, at all? Like what's the, what's that look like at your work? Yeah. I mean, it is, there is quite a bit of variability, I would say. Um, and it's like a global company too. So there's people mm. in different countries, which Ooh. is interesting. Like how many people work there? There's 130 some, I want to say. Okay. So it's not huge, but it's yeah. not small. Yeah, definitely. Um, but they've been around for a long time, been around 20 years or something like that. Oh, wow. So they've, they're at least like a mature company in that sense. I feel like those all feel like good signs and numbers and yeah. just like 20, been around 20 years, 130 employees. Yeah. That like seems super legit. Grow slow and, and slow as pro, as you like to say. I love that. Yeah. So I'm, I've enjoying it. I think there are a, a good amount of people around my age. Mm. And then there's kind of like the decade above us mm. and then maybe like one more decade above that. Okay. So you, you got like us in the thirties, some people in their forties, and then some people probably in their 50s. That's cool. Yeah. 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 So I, I've gotten to meet the people when I went to New Orleans and we had like a kickoff uh, like company meeting and I had a great time with everybody. So mm, yeah, nice. it was fun. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I asked that because I'm uh, aware that my company, I'm like the youngest person. Right. And there's, there's, no, there's not a lot of people quite my age yeah i well i was in and i was the only person in my role at the previous company oh yeah so i had no other like peers in that sense Mm. and here i have there's like a team of us yeah which is like a cool feeling probably so helpful and yeah and like i have like a 90 day ramp plan where i'm like nice building up my knowledge base and like practicing with other people and Mm -hmm. like you know getting a lot more confidence as opposed to just getting thrown into the fire which is a little nice yeah, that sounds great. I mean, yeah, especially, I mean, you're just not in a, at a startup anymore. I yep. imagine a startup is just, we're figuring it all out all the time. Which has its pros and is a lot of fun too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you end up getting to do a lot of different things and getting a lot of experience from that. Yeah. Like, it was definitely helpful in terms of finding what I liked and what I didn't like. Yeah. I, I would say, though, like... Uh, it's harder to get good at one one thing because mm-hmm. you're doing so many different things, and I I would like to be able to like niche down a little bit, yeah, and and hone a, a specific part of it, mm. and yeah, and have some more uh, security in the sense you know we're gonna have we have bow now and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, it's been good overall though. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Aaron's about to be here. Uh-huh. We should probably pause. Okay. We'll be right back. All right. We're back and we found him. Aaron Harrell is here. Aaron Harrell. I made it. Welcome. Were you guys waiting long for me? No. No. No, actually it was like perfect timing because we got through the intro and had like kind of checked in with each other a little bit. 
Um, we haven't done that before. So we're like yeah. experimenting with podcast format of the episode. Yeah. The last few ones we've just started with our guest. So we're like checking in and all three. So we're like, what if uh, we started recording at 7 or 7.15 or whenever we did. Yeah. And a little bit early and just like talk for a little bit. And then you come on and we're just hanging out. We're just focused on you instead of us. That's what I usually build into my contract podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, get through all of your intros before I come in, please. My time is valuable. Yeah. I got to get on a jet and get out of here right after (laughs) that. Yeah. And you found the place without like much hassle because sometimes it can be hard to like not go past our turn and then go down the back. I'm not going to try and reveal where I live too much, but uh, yeah, you found it well. So um, I was worried. I know like we met through Redemption yeah. at church. Yeah. How did you, did you guys meet at Redemption or how did you guys meet? That's a good question. Um, I think I met you really because you came in and you had something going on with your knee Yeah, when I was a, uh, Mm-hmm. I, I had seen you at the church, and I was like, oh, I've, I've seen this guy before, mm-hmm. but I don't know if we've met there, or maybe we could have even met first at Men's Retreat. Oh. It huh. could. I think we met in the clinic yeah, when that, it was at CrossFit Costa Mesa. That was the first mm-hmm. time we had a conversation, I feel like. Yeah, I think I came into because I had gotten treated by Pat yeah. before, Yep. and he was like, hey, I'm busy. Steve's mm-hmm. going to work on you today. Yeah. And then I was like, I want Steve to work on me every time after that. <laughs> you don't talk as much as Pat. Perfect. I'll, I'll hang out with you. That's, I've gotten that a couple times. <laughs> You're not going to hear the skunk story 10 times today. <laughs> I love you, Pat. No, I mean, Pat's energy is awesome because oh, yeah. my energy is kind of on the other side of the spectrum. So uh-huh. when we were working together, it was great to have both. Mm-hmm. It would have... When the days that he didn't show up to the clinic were kind of quiet, and you kind of felt like, "Where's the punch? Where's the uh, energy?" Yeah, yeah that's I true. That. So he he brings the noise, and and I always loved that. So um, that's where we first met across Costa Mesa. Yeah, and so you used to be a CrossFit coach mm-hmm. uh, at Costa Mesa, and then at Tustin. Yep. You used to be an athlete, or still an athlete, uh, but used to play volleyball yes. at least collegiately. Highest level of my athletic career. I mean, and won a national championship. UCI men's volleyball, baby. Which is a big deal. 2007. That's awesome. All downhill from there. And then I've also seen you play ping pong, but not like playing in the basement ping pong, like $250 paddle. One side's like grippier than the other, like dialed in ping pong. That's a shout out to my CrossFit Tustin days, Joel Thompson. Yeah, uh, and Joel. He gifted us coaches with uh the highest level of ping pong paddle ping pong paddles available and we were like we're not good enough for this and he's like we will be <laughs> no way what a speech that's yeah. awesome <laughs> that is cool and we i mean we we lived up to i think high-end recreational oh my gosh levels. i mean anytime you can step back from the table and keep volleying i feel yeah. like that's an achievement in itself <laughs> for sure it was religious we played Probably 90 minutes every Friday after the noon class finished. Okay. And it was just like everybody in the gym knew. They were like, clear the floor. We like bring out the table. No way. <laughs> yeah, it was like, was okay. it, what was like your goal? Was it just to get good to compete or were you going to like enter like no. tournaments or something? Oh, dude, it was just, it was just bragging rights. Really? Like each just of us. Just in the gym? It was just the three of us. Joel Thompson, the owner across us and Adam Scotchler, the head coach there and me. It's too bad there wasn't a fourth. And we kind of, yeah, a fourth would be nice, but we just had, it was like, 
you just always had this internal um like leaderboard yeah like, yeah, yeah of just like who's this who, week or who month won last week yeah and like it would we would get in just like heated days <laughs> where there'd be some days where i would be like Hey, maybe we shouldn't play ping pong today. Like, we should just be friends. <laughs> like, let's just drink some beer and hang out. I don't know. That's just me. That's how competitive I would get internally. Kind of yeah. thing about it. But we we did like a workshop there, and then we were like, "All right, let's play ping pong," because we had heard from you like <laughs> yeah. stories about playing ping pong, and none of us could even return the serve. Oh gosh, we was like blowing up off my paddle. And I was like, I had a ping pong table growing up, like. But not it's like a this. new level. The, the, this is different. The, that's yeah, fun. Those types of paddles make it like if you haven't played in a while, mm-hmm. and then someone who does play with those paddles is oh, like, yeah. like Joel. Yeah, his serves are ridiculous. Like I would say, like we're comparable, but his serves are like so much better than mine. Interesting. So you just put like a normal person who never uses those paddles on there, and yeah, it just like the amount of spin that's on it. The minute it hits your paddle, it's like ninety oh, yeah. degrees off the other mm. direction. Blows up, and you're just it, like. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. It kind of feels like pickleball a little bit, too. Yeah. The, yeah, you, you the, can... the nice paddles make a big difference. Yeah. And it's hard to play with if you, like, haven't gotten yeah. used to it yet. Or if you haven't been pickling in a little bit. Yeah. And you get back out there with, like, the guy who's out there every day. Yeah, we totally. kinda We kind of all pickled a little bit, not too, in the not too distant past. Yeah. Yep. That, I, don't, uh, I don't remember, like, we, we, that, that day was, like, everyone was mixing up yeah so. yeah i i i do remember i was your partner at one point i, we I feel like we won, won. Yeah. Uh, uh, at least one game <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we were I, I don't think i played with you that day i don't think we did either yeah there was a lot of people yeah. which was fun i didn't even know that little thing existed that little court in the community center i guess it's a hot hot spot for pickleball it, it looked like it yeah it, i would anywhere in california right now is a hot spot for pickleball dude it's it's crazy they're well, they're building new courts, I think, in Newport. I feel like they're going to be building new courts to meet the demand for the next decade or so. Yeah. I blow it blows my mind. I one of my patients was one of the ladies who teaches pickleball, former pro tennis player uh at Newport Country Club or whatever, and they have their own pickleball. They've they've erased tennis courts to add more pickleball courts, mm-hmm. and she's busy 7 days out of the week. Wow. She's it's, like I I could do this Every hour of every day. I mean, I love tennis. Tennis is probably like, if I didn't play volleyball, mm. I probably like if I could go back and tell my childhood athlete self yeah. to like change gears. Mm-hmm. Tennis, I think, would have mm. like been my uh, passion. No, I just love watching it now. My favorite okay. athlete of all time across all sports, Roger Federer. Okay. Mm. Um. So, I love tennis, but it's insane how approachable pickleball is compared to tennis sure like there's a minimum barrier of entry to tennis to even like have fun Mm -hmm. and it's like there's not a lot of people who are just like oh yeah let me try tennis like no you're not gonna have fun for a while playing tennis yeah but you could go out and have like semi-decent hand-eye coordination Mm -hmm. and just like love pickleball on your Mm -hmm. first day and then there's obviously a massive amount of people willing to play it with you so yeah yeah it's just blown up like the barrier to entry is so low Everyone can play it. It's like the best. You don't need a ton of space, really. No, it's yeah. the, it's, People play in their driveways and just chalk court. That's where I got into it, in the streets of Costa Mesa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey. I we, we were playing for a lot for a while. Like every week yeah. we were meeting Friday and morning. playing. And Friday mornings, like instead of playing golf or something. But we stopped and I, honestly, I haven't really missed it. 
Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pickleball is great. I'm happy that pickleball is being pickleball and it's growing and people are getting out there, you <laughs> yeah. know, and playing, doing, moving their body. Yeah. But I don't need to be playing it as often as we were. Yeah. I feel like I got like, I'm, I'm like, I was missed by the addiction. Pickle craze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There are some people who are just like, oh. yeah. I'm I can like, tell you. It's fun. Like, I'll, I'll definitely, like, they, my buds are doing it. Like, I want in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not like a regular thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, it kind of came and went in our hobby list. Yeah, I see a lot. I've seen a lot of people mess up their knees from it. Like older <laughs> older folks that are out there for like five hours oh, playing gosh. pickleball. I'm I like, bet. I bet, dude. You guys got to take a break. <laughs> I mean, my I got tired playing after you know an hour. <laughs> it is. It's it sneaks up on you. You yeah. get tired. Yeah. yeah, a lot of stops and especially if you don't have good sh- like. You gotta have the right shoes for it. If you're playing for five hours, you gotta have. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter. You gotta change your shoes every hour. I swear, I've had patients. I'm like, are you taking any days off? And they're like, no, I gotta get out there. It's like, what? I finally found something I can do. (laughs) I think COVID just sparked all the outdoor activities even more. Um, Have you heard of a sport called paddle? Yes. Or like paddle tennis? It's 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 like tennis and racquetball had a baby, kind of. Wait a minute, no. Okay. I, I just saw this one thing. It was like easy ping pong that you could set up on any table top. Okay. That's what I saw. Different. Okay. This what is, is it called? Uh, I think it's primarily referred to as paddle tennis or paddle. And it's more just of like paddle. A, I guess. I don't know. They're <laughs> cocky about it. But have you heard of paddle? But it's like <laughs> a European spelling. It's like P-A-D-E-L or something. Okay. Uh, but I know there's courts. Like I know one of my buddies just went and played at a court in uh, like San Diego area or something like that. Okay. But imagine um, a slightly shorter tennis court. Okay. And it has glass walls around it, no ceiling. And then where the, the net is on it ends on either side there's a door there i've seen this on youtube yeah okay and it looked intense it's so cool actually i want to play so bad you have to you it has to be inside no no it doesn't you just need the walls around because there's (laughs) sounds like the most obscure sport to talk about but yeah there's doors yes that you can because if the ball bounces out Uh of this glass cage yeah because there's no ceiling yeah you can run out the door and play it before it bounces twice oh. or something. Like so you that. just have to have a, a back wall. There's a no, back wall. There's side walls there's four, too. Four walls. So there's side walls. There's the middle wall with the door, right? So, and then a back wall. So trying to. <laughs> it's a is rec- that right? It's a rectangle. Yeah. The walls are rectangles. Okay. But on the sides where the nets are, yeah, there is a gap in the wall yeah. where the door okay. is. Okay. Gotcha. And, and it's permanently open. Yeah. And you can run in and out of it to play the ball if you need to. It's crazy. And there's a shot I saw a guy, he ran out the door, uh-huh. hit it in between his legs, back onto the opposite side of the court, and like barely bounced. And it was the most insane shot I, I think I've ever seen. Did he Whoa. hit it through the door? Through the door. Back through oh, the door. That's okay. crazy. It was insane. That's ins- that's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll have to show you guys after this if we last we, we should go and to the place in if it's in san diego or wherever yeah. there's a place and try i just didn't understand the rules like when i was watching the yeah. video of it i was just like i like this is fascinating but i don't know the rules have you seen the um this is this should be our last obscure racket sport reference but it, <laughs> it looks like <laughs> how many can we get <laughs> it looks like spike ball mm-hmm. but it's a it's like a sturdy center pillar okay with like a it's like almost like a concave bowl uh, i don't think i've seen this and it's and then around it 
So 360 degrees, like, and there's a good space between like the pillar in the middle that the ball bounces off of, similar to spike ball. Okay. Um, really far back, like not really far, but it's like a, a glass or like a, you know, plexiglass wall that okay. encompasses, encompasses the whole thing, 360 degrees. So you, it's like spike ball. You have to hit it, but you play with a tennis racket oh. and tennis balls. Whoa. And so you hit it off the thing and it's like racquetball in the sense that it bounces off the wall. Oh yeah, it could do and a so weird it's, ricochet. It's 360 degrees. Whoa. Whoa. Tennis rackets, tennis balls. And, I'd like that. And spike ball rules. So it's spike ball mm. rules with tennis equipment and they combined everything and then like a racquetball environment where, oh you, have to, where you have to play gosh. off the walls that's amazing these guys are like die it's the they look like high-end athletes that were playing this they're that's like cool. in jerseys they're diving and it's it was like agility and and angles to the max i love I'll, that i'll find it and there's send it just to so many interesting sports that we make up isn't there oh my gosh i i used to make up little games with my brother because uh he and I were like, we've been similarly skilled at most ball sports for a while. What's uh, the age gap? Uh, five years. Oh, so he's a little you, bit younger. Five years, man. He was he was uh, creeping up on you, huh? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, he's a good athlete. <laughs> I feel like five years you should be able to crush him in everything. No way. <laughs> oh, no he, way. He is an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he must I mean, be, dude. Golf, like he beats. I I can't remember the last time I beat him in golf. He's a good golfer. When, when I'm trying to think of like when did he start getting competitive with you? Because it could be like when he's when he's ten and you're fifteen. Mike is just naturally good at everything he does. I don't think I don't think ten was. I think I was still beating him. Yeah, up I was. Just, in, I guess I was trying to wonder like when did that start happening? Like what was his age when he started being able to keep up with you? It depends on what sport you're talking yeah, about. Okay, but golf probably way sooner than like let's say yeah. hockey or something like that. Golf makes sense because he was like. He has this swing. It's just dialed in, and yeah, I can't, I can't explain it. But we always came up with games, and like I remember one time we we're talking about more random sports. This, uh, <laughs> the list goes on. We we made a game. Basically, we sat across the room from each other, and you had to bounce it off of this like uh, coffee table. Yeah, and you had to catch it with one hand, and it couldn't bounce. A tennis again. ball. A tennis ball. Okay. And so we were just like a hand-eye oh. coordination game, oh. basically. And then we started like adding things on to the ottoman so it could like ricochet off of it yeah. and make weird bounces. Or mm. you could throw it under and so you'd lose sight of it for a second. Oh. So I love thinking great. of these like little games yeah. like that or, or mm. variations of stuff. Okay. I'll reel us in a little bit. Nice. Because I'm sure we could keep talking about this. Random sports. <laughs> Uh, well, and I never even really finished that you're also a dad, a husband, you have three girls, and you're married to a wonderful lady who is also a marriage and family therapist. The best, the best part of me. And uh, I've had the fortune of, of meeting with her, I guess, at church and as friends in that sense, but also professionally too. She's come and talked to the physical therapy clinic before. That's right. I forgot. I um, didn't remember that until just now. And and that was a cool conversation to have. Uh back when we had it and the last few weeks we've been talking about energy management broadly uh we've kind of talked about these five buckets they they keep getting brought up exercise sleep work relationships and nutrition nailed it it's written right down in front of me (laughs) (laughs) we're not forgetting this time (laughs) and exercise sleep nutrition relationships i missed one in there work work oh yeah okay 
So in my mind, these are like the big buckets where you spend most of your time mm-hmm. and and have the opportunity when uh, out of whack, let's just say for lack of a more technical term, um, it can influence your life in a big way. Yeah. And, and it's a way that I would always start a conversation with people um, who had like an overuse injury in, in the physical therapy clinic. And I, I honestly, I took some of uh, the conversation I had with your wife uh, to kind of like formulate some of this too, mm-hmm. because we talked about like the book, The Body Keeps the Score, yeah, and it, yeah. it got me thinking down this line. I've talked to a couple people who have said, well, we talked to Pat who said, um, maybe we add in like a mental health bucket too. I feel like that's like infused in all of them mm-hmm. in a sense, mm-hmm. but I th- certainly think that that's a big part and, and maybe can be at times the source of problems here or the symptom of problems. Mm-hmm. In those buckets, I guess. Yeah, mental health's a, a, a nuanced and kind of ambiguous yeah. label. Right. So so I, I feel like it's like infused in a lot of them. And it's, yeah. it's hard to like, how do I devote time to mental health aside from going to see a therapist or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could meditate, you could spend, reflect. I mean, sure there's, I'm sure there's tons of things. Uh, so maybe it could be a bucket. I don't, I'm curious. Um and then the other one I heard from Madison, uh, my wife, was rest. You know, we didn't really, like, label it rest, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like the stuff you're doing when you're not doing these other things, too. But maybe that's, that could be a bucket. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you guys have talked a lot about sleep and, like, even recovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, I think that that concept of the grade of that particular bucket is like how well are you doing with that uh, work to rest ratio, essentially? Yeah. Because maybe you, my thought is like when I think about that, when you think about those buckets, you you may have a low score in a particular bucket if your like work to rest ratio yeah. is mm-hmm. really off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I at a like a very simple level, it is like work to rest in like work in any of those like uh, exercise or work work or work mm-hmm. relationships or anything like that. Um, and I mean, you could probably lump in recovery with sleep cause it's like sleep is your biggest recovery tool. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, even like when you were introing me as a, as a CrossFit coach, mm-hmm. I think even before then as a personal trainer, that was yeah. like how mm-hmm. I originally got into mm-hmm. the fitness space after college. It was like, the easiest job to get mm-hmm. into. Um, yeah, well, actually, that was going to be one of my questions is like, how did you become kind of like health focused or interested in working in health and, yeah. and wellness? Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, so like 15, 15 years of the fitness industry. Um, and a large chunk of that in the beginning was personal training. Um, shout out to Bo Patel. Oh, yeah, we've shared uh uh, well, really, you Bo. referred him to me. So oh, yeah. You shared him um, with me. I still train Bo to this day. He's such a great guy. Yeah. Really good friend. Um, longest standing client. And I would say, like, he's probably, you know, my best experiment of, like, applying all these concepts. Okay. Of, like, not only just, like, okay, physical training stimulus to, like, recovering and just based on how the body feels Mm -hmm. but then you know over the course of working with someone for 15 years every every other day like monday wednesday friday at 6 a.m for 15 years it's like we talk about everything that he's doing in his life that could affect his 
basically like energy management. Mm. Um, so yeah, something I've given a lot of thought to and I've had like a, a laboratory to <laughs> test it out. Like Bo yeah. is my lab experiment. <laughs> mm. And he's like so great cause he's open and willing to experiment with you. I feel yeah. like, and like trust you in that sense. Yeah. And beyond just like, I mean, maybe myself is like my first primary experiment, but then yeah. I've got, you know, so I have all my anecdotal advice or anecdotal yeah. evidence, but then at least I can, then test it on another person. What's both think about this? Because it worked for me. Yeah, yeah, totally. And just like, I mean, the like the most informal lab study yeah. ever. <laughs> that's like so. that's like the, one of the most interesting parts about working in like uh, a health and wellness space. And you got to give credit to all the personal trainers out there who don't have to just program for a short period of time. Have to like program for somebody year in and year out like that yeah oftentimes you're not switching trainers super often but like as a pt it's like okay we'll just like do this over the course of the year maybe and then you're like your job is to go to the next person mm -hmm. i feel like it's harder to go through the different cycles of a person's lives and like adapt to that and yeah. adapt their plan to that i mean i think ideally i always I always fantasized about like working with someone like you in tandem mm -hmm. with a client like Bo, which we essentially did for yeah. a certain period of time. Yeah. It was so nice whenever like, cause inevitably, you know, your, your clients get injured, unfortunately, but it's just kind of like, if you do anything active, you're going to get tweaks. And so obviously Steve was my favorite physical therapist and miracle cured me many, <laughs> many times and so yeah it was so nice to like because i would have so many questions when when bo would not like something would be tweaked and i would reach quickly reach the end of my ability to assess it and i'm like mm -hmm. oh, i'll just send it to steve and like steve and i had such a good working relationship it was so nice to immediately after bo would see him steve would text me and be like hey he needs more of this in his program or something. And then I knew exactly because I think Steve and I's philosophies lined up in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so then I could directly apply that to his normal training. And then, uh, yeah, it was just like, like, that's how it should be. Yeah. But it's not, it's like, Oh, you go see your personal trainer for when you're feeling good. And then you go see your PT when you're feeling bad. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. that's like, and you just sort of like yo-yo back and forth mm. and it's like, and more integrated. I mean, yeah. you guys know it like integrated approaches to, all I mean, types of health are are really where it's at. Yeah. So that's yeah, how it started totally. this conver whole conversation, really. Yeah. With Joe's experience. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I had like, I was just like checking in on things, and my dad has uh, has had heart problems. Like my family has a lot of genetic, you know, cancer sort of things, and I was just it kind of started hitting me, and I was like, oh, I should not think about that later and think about that now. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to the doctor. And uh, we have Kaiser, and Kaiser's always been great mm -hmm. to us. I mean, um, but yeah, I just didn't get as much information from the doctor as I had hoped. And yeah. we were talking about it, and Steve's like, well, he may not think that, that it's his job, what your expectations are. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So we got to find something else, like a third party, or there's, there's a new way to think here that I yeah. was putting all on the doctor mm -hmm. and it's just really opened up the door for a lot of questions and um what is health you know what is this this thing how do we how do we keep doing this among like when change happens how do we keep 
recalibrating different seasons of life yeah yeah i mean crossfit is very polarizing um but i think and especially its founder greg glassman Uh i don't know if you guys know much about him we i do crossfit or i go to chalk yeah so i i I enjoy i like crossfit yeah um i've done it before I, i i never did it Super regularly, I would say. I thought you guys were like going to CrossFit Balboa for a while or something. Yeah, uh, I, I would say Joe's always been more consistent than yeah. I've been. I'm like a once or twice a weeker kind of person. Excuse me. Um, yeah, Balboa closed last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's um, sad. Yeah, that is sad. Uh, I used to go to the. I used to go there. I mean, I think I've gone to every gym. every CrossFit yeah. Gym yeah. that's been around a ten mile radius from here. Um, but like. Greg Glassman has some of these. Um, like you can nerd out on some of his like early articles that he wrote about what is fitness. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever read any of those? No. Oh my gosh, you would, they're good. You would love them. Oh, cool. They're so good. I mean, these were written in like two thousand and like seven or something, or two thousand and three. Okay. His like. Oh wow. I'll I'll have to send it to you guys. I love watching like the CrossFit games, and my wife does too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she was a gymnast when she was younger, so I think. She can appreciate human. She can movement. appreciate that. For, yeah, and she w- she went to school with Brooke Wells actually, so they know oh, each other. Okay, and so she's like always rooting for her. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean you you hear some of the t- the discussions around it, mm-hmm. like when they're killing time in between events or something like that. But yeah. I've never read any of that. Yeah. So so like yeah, going back to some of its origins and what yeah. got me so I think fired up on it. Yeah, um, and I think like anything, you know, once once it gets really big and beyond like its origins parts of like the core get a little bit lost or just like, yeah, you know, it's just, I, I just don't think a lot of people know about like these like foundational articles that kind of kicked everything off. Mm. Um, but he talks about like, what is fitness? And then he, in inside that he has a few different models and one of them is like, um, it's like sickness to wellness. Oh, okay, like a continuum. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's almost like a like a speedometer yeah. kind of thing. And like mm-hmm. um, basically, where our Western medical model, like any doctor that we would go see through our insurance, is used to dealing with people on like think of like mm-hmm. if the if we're using a speedometer, if like a hundred miles an hour is like ideal wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like it pointing straight up at like high noon is, you know, you're doing okay. And then at zero miles an hour is like, you're, you're, sick. you're like, it's like, you're really not in good shape. Like you've got some conditions that are not good for your health. It's like, that's where the Western medical model is meant to like meet people and keep yeah. them alive. It's mm-hmm. like, we do a great job of keeping people from dying who are right there. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you're you know, at high noon or, and you're trying to like move the needle that way and you go see a doctor, which I'm kind of imagining is you. Yeah. Uh, you're like not satisfied because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, like you're, yeah. They were like, you're great. Yeah. Yeah. And I was oh, like, you're awesome. I was like, I don't feel great. <laughs> I was like, or no, you're like, no comorbidities. Or you're like, yeah. 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 Gold star. Yeah. Like, you're like, great for me is not like not dying. Like, yeah. It's, it's uh-huh. like, I want to, like optimize this and kind of get better. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the CrossFit method- methodology was like saying, yeah, like let's continue to 
constantly push in that direction. And so it was a lot about things beyond just what are the movements you're doing in the gym, mm -hmm. but it was like, how are you, how are you sleeping? Mm -hmm. How are you eating? Like nutrition is a huge part of it that unfortunately just got lost in the CrossFit movement because it's easy to, you can only move like exercise E for a certain time of the day. Mm -hmm. Like it's easy to go in and kind of get a concentrated stimulus in your exercise stuff, but you eat all day. All day, like, yeah. And so a lot more reps on Yeah, <laughs> as a coach, you can make a lot of headway in teaching someone to move better, but to make a lot of headway in getting someone to eat better, you literally have to follow them around all yeah. day. So it was like... It's got to be one of the hardest parts of being a wellness coach or personal trainer or anything like that. Or it's like even that. just like, I mean, I heard you say like changing habits is like one of the hardest things a human oh, being yeah. can do. And I'd say eating might even be <laughs> yeah. the hardest The hardest of habit. the habits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and yet it's like when you look at the old like CrossFit methodology, so much of it was like including work to rest ratios of like physical stimulus and just what the rest of your life look like and then nutrition. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, you guys should look at those. Cause I think even in the, like the broader conversation we're having about energy management, it's like, there's some, I mean, Greg Glassman's crazy. He's like, he's a crazy dude. Um, and like so much drama and like stuff yeah. surrounds mm -hmm. him as like, in like his persona. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, you know, able to separate the, 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 person or like the drama around it versus just like his work as like as far as like written material like that written material is so so much gold in there yeah so. and i feel like the drama came more later on too. yeah so totally. yeah it's not to say when he wrote those things oh yeah it's like don't throw was, the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole weird and, saying. Yeah, early 2000s. <laughs> that's like funny. This. That's the second time I heard that saying today. <laughs> really <laughs> used it correctly. The other time it was not used correctly. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Mackenzie's yeah. notorious for messing up uh, that's a hard phrases one, like that. Oh, yeah. That my, is a hard My wife's one. notorious as well for mm. using just, just slaughtering sayings. <laughs> <laughs> she always combines two. Uh yeah. And I can usually figure out what she was trying to say, but I like pretending like, wait, what? Yeah, like, <laughs> I know. What did you say? <laughs> it's so fun. I, I love it. My wife also does not do the greatest job of pronouncing things at times. Mm. And I want to just record them and like, <laughs> I want to be able to like play them when I need like a pick me up because they're so funny. <laughs> I want to hear like what the most recent one was. But yeah. You don't have to embarrass her. I, I, I'll, I'll have to think about that. If I think about it, I'll let you know. So yeah, energy. So with my background, I think a lot of focus has been put towards my own personal energy management and, and even just how that's evolved through the different life stages. I know you guys are new dad, yeah. new dad to be. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen... Seasoned vet of three yeah, girls. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm deep. I'm deep in the trenches right now. Um, and just and been, been very aware of the like changes and like oh like now like I, I used to be able to do this yeah and now it's like you know and i fought a long time to maintain it and mm -hmm. then it you know at times it feels like oh, you just gave ground up in the, in the yeah, war yeah, yeah. Um, but then i think a more mature approach is like no this is just shifted like the the buckets move and the priorities move as yeah. you as you get into life because it's hard to think like you have like only a finite amount of resources because we are like malleable and we can stretch and even 
you know, the elasticity of our brains. It's like the whole thing, like you can't teach a old dog new tricks. Like we yeah. can, like we're, we're elastic and adaptable beings, but there are limits on what we can manage. And when you do introduce kids into it, it's like, there's some real trade-offs there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've given that a lot of thought and fought against it and come to peace with some of those things too. And so, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I love it. Having just gone through kind of that initial phase, mm-hmm. it, it is like, uh, I feel like your body in your mind is almost like mourning it in the beginning a little bit. Very much so, And, yeah. and you, you don't know how to express it super well. And so then like you and your partner are often like, bickering at each other a little bit because you guys are both going through it where it's like okay things have shifted responsibilities have shifted time has shifted for when you get your own time and yeah there's there's an interesting period that we've had where you're like whoa i don't know about this it's almost it would almost be appropriate to like read some very basic literature on grief because you're yeah. grieving, like yeah. the like you and your wife are grieving the loss of a previous life, like mm-hmm. an identity that, you know, you probably liked, <laughs> like or you liked certain aspects of it sure. that are that yeah. are that are gone and, and never again. Um, and so it's like, a, and it's weird because you're you're caught in the tension of like, well, there's this beautiful new responsibility that I have, but then I'm also. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like celebrating the newness and joy of this thing, but then I'm also grieving the loss of a previous way of life. Yeah, and so like, yeah, if cause like if you could see your partner as like if they just lost like a good friend or a family member, yeah, um, That's you a good would point. you would like empathize with like, oh yeah, I could I could understand why they're you know not motivated to do the things they used to do. Yeah. But it's like when you have a kid, <laughs> you, you don't see that yeah. in your partner. You're just like, and you're also going through it as well. And so yeah. it's just like, what's going on? Like, it just, yeah. You're not understanding ensues. me. No, yeah. you're not understanding yeah. me. Yeah. 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 Like, Whereas, like, if you guys circle. were to both lose a parent that same week, I'm sure, like, you'd have so much more grace for each other. Yeah. That's a and, good point. Yeah. And in a way, like, you did, like, a very, like, close piece of you just kind of i think that's i don't know if that's a depressing way to look at it no <laughs> no i think it's it's good it's very i've we've been processing this a lot mackenzie and i yeah to the last well today or the last few days we're like because it's around she, the corner well yeah it's around yeah, the corner when's, when's the uh do i hate saying due date because it's like i like to say due month due area yeah what's <laughs> due, due uh, month? april 10th okay great so it's we still got about a, like a month yeah uh but you're right there. Hopefully. You're in the red zone. Yeah, we're like this. We're like this baby could come. Yeah. at any moment. So right. we're we're ready. Yeah. Um. What was I about to say? Uh, you've been talking about you guys it. have grief, been, grief. you guys have been trying to prep as much as possible. I mean, about this. The last few nights, I have really had anxious blowups on mm. Mackenzie, and they're not like I'm a quiet person. They're more like in my head and I'm like short with her yeah. sort of thing. It's not like I'm, I'm not like yelling she can or tell. anything like that. Yeah. And it's inconveniencing her doing what she's doing because I'm in a, in an anxious mood, like not giving her like my full attention. Oh yeah. And I was, then we were processing it later. Uh, or like we went on a walk and part of it is, just transition in life is challenging for me. I think it could be for anybody, but from going from yes. work to 
gotta prep dinner gotta get the dog out got and i know it's just gonna grow oh, exponentially you with mean like the micro kids. transitions yeah yeah micro the, transitions yeah. in your day yeah so i'm in the heat of transition of the day yeah just stressed out and i'm sure you're laughing because you're like three kids what <laughs> this is nothing no dude it's all relative um and so I'm like, I got to get outside. So we go for a walk on the way back. Then we're like talking through like, why was I feeling anxious? What? Yeah. Like, she's like, I'm kind of tired of this feeling. <laughs> and, and I'm Be like, different. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you're so right. I'm tired of it too. Like she called it out and we're, and I was just like, there's just, it feels like there's a lot. There's like, it feels like we've been grieving the past life for a long time. Okay. Uh, and I'm tired of it. I'm ready to, to move forward. Yeah. Cause I think, well, we realized that she, it feels like she's been pregnant for a year because she, because she had the miscarriage. Yeah, because we, oh, we, we got pregnant like a year ago and then lost the baby in March. And that makes sense. So then we had like four ish months, like in between when she got pregnant mm -hmm. again, but we're still thinking about it. That's like, a lot man. every day, yeah. you know? And, and that low, I mean, that puts a whole nother emotional load on the whole thing as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in ancient anxiousness, tension, like how's this gonna go? We've already been hurt once by this mm -hmm. whole process, yeah, and we're getting really close to the end. And, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the initial anxiousness from miscarriage to new baby has gone. Dissipated. Yeah, mostly. I mean, there's still those thoughts. Are like walls are up a little yeah, bit, yeah, just yeah. To, like till we got this baby. You know, the stats are pretty encouraging though. Once you're past, oh a yeah, certain oh for sure. Point. Yeah. yeah, we feel good. We both yeah. feel really good um much better than like earlier on yeah but, but it makes sense it's like the farther like at this point now you're not having the same concerns probably as you were you know week six or seven yeah or yeah eight kind of thing totally yeah. that's yeah. probably a real like high yeah i feel level. it feels yeah. really good yeah and she's doing well um but yeah we just feel like we've been like grieving this past life forever and i i'm like i'm feeling I think I'm like really feeling anxious because i'm tired of this i'm like ready to move into the next i'm ready for some change to like change up my rhythm change up my like uh you know what my focus is throughout the day i'm yeah. like and, and then i'm like i'm overly thinking how do i prepare for this stuff so it, there's just like a lot all swirling around right now and it's been kind of um i don't know getting to me at times i don't know why i brought this up i can't remember we were just talking about kids and i think i I brought something up about like uh, that transition period after I just got, you you mentioned something and then with, with regard to kids and kind of losing certain aspects of your time yeah and, the trade offs yeah. grieving. or grieving yeah mm -hmm. grieving yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah so I exactly what you said I'm I feel like we have been in that stage very much yeah and, and there's there's nothing in life that is quite like the the tension of like you know the eight months leading up to yeah. your first kid yeah because what else do you do in life that mimics that kind of prep time mm -hmm. for and, and it being like the thing that's gonna like unequivocally like change like getting married could be you know mm -hmm. kind of put in that category but you, you already know this person you already spent a ton of time with this yep. person and yep. like part of you is like oh we just get to do more of that so yeah. that's great um but but like with a kid it's like okay now we get a nine month or eight month clock really of just a countdown timer yeah to like everything we know changes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and you get just to deal with that like a, a like pending 
doom yeah. of, of just like and i can, you can't prepare like you guys could tell me anything you want yeah it it yeah. will be helpful, but yeah. I don't know what it feels like. No. I have no idea. Honestly, I honestly I kind of lean. I want to lean in the other direction a little bit, and I get why people don't really tell each other much, like parents, current parents to expecting parents, because they like they obviously don't want to paint like a a negative picture. Mm-hmm. There are times that are hard, and and like there's some grieving that could probably, uh, I guess you could call it grieving in that sense. Probably don't always get called that, but. Um, Part of me thinks about that book, you know, the art of not giving a fuck. Mm. Part of me just wants to be like, just don't worry and like maximize whatever time and things you can do now. And and, and not that you won't get to do those things afterwards, but uh, I part of me wishes that I had um, not been so worried about what's to come. Yeah, mm. and you can't. Yeah. You they like there's a there's a a degree in which you can't even come close to prepping for it because it's yeah. like every every kid is a unsolvable rubik's cube mm. and so steve's kid is way different than yeah. all three of my kids is going to be way different than your kid and like and then the relational dynamics between the parents is another variable that gets introduced to everything mm-hmm. and you can't you don't know how your relationship dynamic is going to play out with the personality of your kid and like whether or not they're a fussy eater or sleeper and then how that affects your wife and you. And so it's like, I mean, yeah, one of the reasons I don't really try to prep people too much for the experience of parenthood is like I've heard countless different stories yeah. of like what the first three months is like. And even having three kids, it's like every kid was was different. Mm. And so it's like, yeah, it's like, it's good luck and we'll be here to support you that's, yeah. that's yeah. the best part is yeah. you have people to ask questions to and that's yeah. really all you need and google probably because mm-hmm. yeah. you're googling things constantly but like yeah. you got people to ask questions to you're you're in good shape yeah oh yeah we feel really good about you know yeah. work life friend life like uh, my parents are here yeah mackenzie's parents are close like we we feel pretty well set yeah it's all about support it's not about you like you, you like you barely do any prep. It's yeah. all about like the support network you have afterwards, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, yeah. okay, I'm gonna switch gears a little Can bit. Can I steal this? That's why it's Absolutely. there. Yes. <laughs> Satisfying. Perfect. Um, okay, so we talked about the five buckets, and I'm curious. In your own experience, you know, are there buckets that you struggle with, or that you're really you know dialed in on? Mm-hmm. You know curious to hear your thoughts okay with regards to your own life new i'm writing them down right now Nutri- i'm gonna see if i can get Exerc- out here okay yeah don't what? nutrition exercise sleep work relationships nailed it okay. nice. nice um are we going scores for each one here? yeah let's score them i usually say like uh a b c or d a b c or d you can't give yourself an f sure <laughs> sure can't be that critical. Sometimes people do, and I'm like, all right, I didn't say that, but that means something. Yeah. If you're going to bring up the F. You're like, I didn't even give you an option, but you brought it out. <laughs> all right, I guess I know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, nutrition. C. Do you ever go, I mean, maybe like a C plus. Yeah, you can do plus. I'm going to be, I, I like nuance. Yeah. Exercise. Um, relative to where I'm at right now, it's up there. So I'm going to put it at like an A minus. Yeah. Even though like objectively in my life, like if you looked at what I was doing 
back in my like CrossFit competitive yeah, yeah, days. Yeah. yeah. It's like I was in way better shape then. But it's like it kind of scales, right? Yeah, totally. I just started training for a marathon. Oh wow. Actually. Oh, nice. Cool. And so I was very hesitant about it. But I'm far enough into the training now where I'm starting to actually experience some of the adaptations. Oh. And so I'm on a little bit of a high. Oh, cool. Like, oh, That's exciting. I'm becoming a, a, a runner, runner kind of Let's thing. Go. What marathon are you doing? OC Marathon. Nice. May 5th. Okay. I'm yeah. like, I'm in it right now. All the girls are going to have signs, I bet. They're just going to be pumping your tires. No, they're just going to be at church, I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come. <laughs> no, they. I think, they'll, I think they'll be at the finish line. Like It's at the OC Fairgrounds. Dude, so. they're not going to miss that. Yeah, no. they'll be there. Yeah, yeah I hope awesome. so. No, they'll be, they'll be there um sleep oh, that's a that's a constant battle man that's i'm gonna put that as like a a c okay um work guys you're kind of you're catching me an interesting now. um well i know we talked about this a little bit at church the other day oh yeah it's like a transitionary yeah here we go potentially yeah, this is real real time on the on the podcast here i just got laid off on friday oh, oh shit yeah. Dang. so so i mean it, had you asked me to grade my like work bucket before a week before ago. that it'd be on the lower side just because well we had talked and you yeah. kind of said things were yeah well and i had just i had just gone through that yeah as well so. we're talking about this so so like definitely on the lower end i'm but like i'm excited about the transition because probably the last six months i was ready to Wrestling move on to it. something else mm -hmm. so when you th when we think about work scoring on that I, front just go with your gut i i think sometimes people overthink yeah it'd it have to be a it'd have to be a d because okay. it's just like I, I it's a bucket that i'm just putting a ton of effort and energy into right now because yeah i'm i'm on the hunt yeah. at the yeah. moment and so which and, is like sometimes the darkest of days yeah hunting for a job and then mm -hmm. dealing with like the existential crisis of uh like do i just get a job or do i like really pursue that thing that aligns with my calling? oh yeah, yeah, yeah what is my calling and yeah. like i want to make sure like i'm yeah. i'm lining up my mm. vocation with you know yep meaningful stuff yeah so versus like the demands of like no you got to provide for your family like mm -hmm. um so yeah dealing with all that stuff so i'll put a d there and then relationships i'd say that's probably one of the the higher ones um kudos shout out to my wife there on that front. It makes sense. marriage and family yeah, therapist nice. makes sense. you get uh you get a front row seat to a lot of uh insightful theories about mm. relational health that i'm sure you wouldn't get if you weren't married to a yeah. therapist yeah. i mean i was gonna ask it at some point um maybe we'll touch on it in a little bit i'll, I'll put that one at a b plus though i want to okay. go i want to go up into the a's there but okay i'm also thinking about i've got four girls that i'm in very close intimate relationship with yeah. my, my wife and then three daughters and it's like that that at times feels impossible I to bet. to like match the energy expenditure that i feel like each one deserves mm. but yeah like talking about things that make me feel like i've got a limited amount of resources it's like the emotional availability to all four women in my life yeah <laughs> yeah and then I always think about therapists because I've had a couple of therapists mm -hmm. as like patients before too. And I'm always like, how do you guys do that? Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, yeah, she, I mean. The emotional bandwidth is. Yeah. I mean, she'd be the first to tell you that it takes its toll. Yeah. Um, and actually for a, a profession that is so concerned about 
yep. how other people are handling mm. the things that drain them and affect their mental health. It's like therapists don't, I think, give enough of that back to themselves. And so just like be, be like they hold everybody else's stuff mm. and then they don't really have a place to kind of offload that. And so it affects them in a negative way. The um, like health and mental kind of like business model mm-hmm. is just sucks for people that are in it. Yeah. It'd be like, a I, lot of ways. I draw the equivalent of like a personal trainer who yeah. just trains people all day long and then is so wiped that they don't ever exercise. Yeah. Mm. That's like most look at, and nur- I know, look I know, at nurses. Yeah. I know a lot of therapists and, or just like, you know, a note of them and like their work schedules through my wife. And it's just like, geez, yeah. like, how do you then take care of yourself and switching gears from like one person to another that might be so different would just be wild if if one of her clients talked to me for 30 minutes i couldn't i could barely hold that for the rest of the day (laughs) i I referred her one of my patients and i was like i hope she doesn't hate me for referring her this one because i was like she needs this but she is a lot going through a lot <laughs> yeah so okay so there we go recap nutrition c plus exercise a minus sleep c work d relationships b plus so some good and some some tougher grades yeah do you feel like you're notoriously a hard person on yourself yeah. or lean towards that i'd say i'm more of a, a tough critic on myself mm. yeah something i'm trying to work on okay having more grace for myself being nicer to myself but I don't know how these grades reflect. Maybe they're a little bit more on the critical side, but it's well, honest. No, I think yeah. you've got you've got a, a pretty much all grades. Like you've got two great good grades. I, I don't know how do you even set the metric. It's hard. Well, you could average them out. You know, like a, a, mm. based on like the four point system, if you really wanted to. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about it? Yeah. Yeah, looking at it, um, I'm proud of the uh, the exercise one. I think that. You know, it's taking us like transitioning out of a career in fitness mm. into software sales. Um, took a huge hit. I think I, I think for a oh gosh, my first year, I barely worked out. Yeah. Um, it was kind of nice to be honest, mm. but and I knew it was, you know, not good for me per se. Mm. Like I knew, like oh boy, this is. Like, this is going to catch up to me at some point. And I got by for a long time of like, oh, I still feel great. I could still go do all the stuff that, you know, regularly working out allowed me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I had a lot of residual fitness left over, essentially, yeah. um, that carried me through. And then, but this was also the same time we had our third kid. Mm-hmm. So then sleep went through the tank. Nutrition started going down as well. Um, and then just like wholesale lack of movement just out the door because i was just working at home mm-hmm. selling software sitting at a desk in my garage not moving for a long period of time um mm-hmm. so now um being able to like kind of get back into it was it was great because it kind of like it like cleaned the slate with my relationship with exercise and movement and it was almost like i got to like um like re like redefine what my relationship is with exercise mm. kind of thing. Sorry, my phone's blowing up. 
Oh, it's okay. Yeah, um, and how much time do you have? I want to make sure you're okay. I could mean all night. We're staying here all night. <laughs> <laughs> like, is why my sleep might be at a C, but I love staying up late, but then I love waking up early yeah. as well. So, yeah. I mean, this kind of stuff, like chatting with dudes yeah. like you, I'll stay up late for that. <laughs> um, but no, no, no time. I mean, probably like, I should probably cut it off at like, you know, 10 o'clock kind of thing. Oh, okay. So, I, I don't you're think like, we'll go that long. <laughs> you're like, I got to cut off way yeah, sooner yeah, yeah. No, so, um, yeah. okay, so then, uh, yeah, exercise, I think, currently has been a huge... Um, it's a positive, uplifting yeah, side cool. of things. Yeah, it, it feels really yeah. similar to, like, kind of our hockey stories where we've, you know, yeah. like, you were in fitness, mm-hmm. we were in hockey. There was a break for me between going and playing again. Like I, I just like was out. I didn't step on the ice or anything for like two or three years. Oh yeah. And a lot of it was transitioning out of coaching and like some weird um, breaks. Like it, it was just, it was hard. Yeah. You know, it was just hard on me emotionally when I coached. And then to step back into the rink like was a big feat for me. Mm-hmm. And it, I felt uncomfortable in a place that I like was my life you used to own that space yeah you were the man yeah, yeah. and it was it was a weird break-in story so I, i'm i'm feeling i'm relating i'm feeling like similar in that you spent a lot of your time in life in fitness and then to come back to take a break and then come back to it yeah in, and in a new way that's that's really cool yeah and so much of it i mean it was like kind of ego driven as well in crossfit because it's it's quantifiable it's always it can you can always kind of make it a competition Mm. as I'm sure you know, like being in it. Um, It's, that's one of the driving factors to like people getting injured a lot of the time. hundred percent. And it's all, it's tough because it's a double-edged sword. It's like, it, it makes you push. Like I, like I'll be honest, like I could probably never, I will never solely work out by myself ever. Like I will always have some component of like, working out with other people because that's just mm-hmm. that was like where like ingrained it's the best part yeah that was ingrained in me in like strength conditioning in college was like you work out with the team and mm-hmm. it allowed for such a good habit formation of just like one consistency like showing up with this group of people like just knowing like oh this person's gonna be there yeah i'm gonna be there when they're not feeling it i'm gonna probably feel it that day and i'm gonna help motivate them and then vice versa mm-hmm. it's like i get that same experience i still go to crossfit testing on tuesdays and thursdays mm-hmm. um and just like at the five at the 5 a.m class and it's like those those people are like my training partners kind yeah. of thing and uh you know they give me they give me a hard time when i don't come one of the days and then <laughs> um it's great i love it and so but yeah just to like work out without other people around is is like terrible it's like torture but the flip side of it to your point of like always having other people around and like the negative side of like comparing your performance to somebody else's Mm -hmm. even in like oh like that person's doing this like i i should be able to do that can be a good thing but then it can also lead to you doing stuff you know you shouldn't do yeah <laughs> so yeah. it's a, it's a tough balance to keep but um i've never really i would consider myself a competitive person mm-hmm. but i've never really felt competitive in the crossfit gym mm-hmm. um i mean i've never really been super good at any aspect of uh crossfit in general you know like i didn't have any gymnastics background or uh 
I'm tall and and heavy, so like any like, <laughs> thing on the bars just feels well like a nightmare. Some aspects of CrossFit, <laughs> and and so maybe this is just because I'm not naturally inclined for mm-hmm. CrossFit, or because I don't particularly like love CrossFit. But I never really felt that competitive in it, and I always felt like, um, to me, it seemed like something to use for some other physical endeavor, like a sport yeah. or an activity, yeah. or like. I do this so then I can do that. Better. You're thinking about it correctly. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it should be approached. Okay, but well, it, but it turns into the thing for a lot of people. Mm. Um, because, I think that's that's yeah. what uh, Ben and Balboy he fought a lot of. He would he would mention a lot of times to me like people in here. This is all they do. Yeah, like when I mentioned like surfing or playing hockey or whatever, mm-hmm. he's like, this is a and he wasn't saying it. He he was saying it in a way of like, I think people should go do other things. do other things. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole point of CrossFit yeah. was like to prepare you for things you're going to experience out in the world. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, for most people, it becomes the only physical activity they engage with throughout the whole day. Yeah. Um. So, but I think it's best used as a training methodology to improve the efforts outside of the gym yeah i always love the stories of like you know especially the older folks that get into it that are like now i can pick up my grandkids way better like those stories are always like that is so legit and i appreciate it it. yeah yeah they like because it's like they miss some of the like basic movements that they used to be able to do and then they start engaging in a fitness program and they're like i can do that stuff again and then like it's a light bulb click for them that's cool whereas like for young people you know, you get, you start getting good at something. You just want to do it more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Feel good so, while, you, while you're doing good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, how much time do you guys want to spend on these other ones on here? Well, let's, let's talk about work a little bit Ooh, because okay. that is the lowest. Yeah. And I'm curious, aside from getting a job because mm-hmm. obviously like having a job, having some security there is going to feel good and probably make that grade go up. In, Potentially, bit, yeah. but if it's the wrong job, it might yeah, not. Exactly. So, um, yeah, talk about it. Um, because yeah, I can relate to this, I think a lot, probably. Yeah, I think I think uh, like maybe that begs the question: like, what would be an A on the yeah on the work front? Yeah. Mm. Can I ask you guys to grade your work buckets? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I would say I think a B. Yeah, I think I'm in a good place. Yeah. I've um, I've come into a new. So I've been working on um, this company for six years. Uh, we do. I'm like a account manager, um, commercial flooring. Mm-hmm. So we install the floor. Yeah. Um, and so doing it six years, I've recognized like this year I ref- was reflecting on it. I'm like. I can I can do this and I'm I'm pretty mm-hmm. good at this. So yeah. I'm like and the war everything around me just checks all the boxes. It's a good job, it's just a good company. I'm they're great people around me. I've had great mentors and um and then I'm actually really excited because I'm like stepping into a new phase of my job in my head mm-hmm. where it's we, we give we're given a lot of freedom in our like it's like I have a business within the firm, like mm-hmm. my team. And they want you to own your business. They want us to yeah. own our business. And yeah. it's amazing because it, 
it feels that way. Yeah, like I don't, good. I don't have hours. I work when I want to. I can take a nap in the middle of the day if I mm-hmm. need to. Work from home. I whatever. It it's good stuff. And I'm transitioning out of just like servicing clients that exist to something clicked in me this year that I'm now being a salesperson. Yeah, you're like, I'm going to build something. I'm going to build something and I'm going to like get into it. Yeah. I'm not afraid to ask the questions. I'm not afraid to call the the project, like the boss of the people I work. I'm not afraid to call them and because I've experienced so much that I can experience in the job and failed and like messed up Mm -hmm. or seen crazy things that nothing surprises me really anymore. It's more Mm -hmm. like, that's crazy. I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Yeah. Instead of freaking out. And I think I'm feeling really confident in that. So I'm like pushing into the next phase of what this job is. Yeah. And that's like not being afraid of the people that are going to possibly stump me or mm-hmm. try and like, I feel like they're out to get me or something. So that's what I'm saying. B, because everything is looking pretty good and, but maybe B plus because I'm trying to move up. Yeah. Yeah. And exciting because Mackenzie and I are talking about moving up to the Bay Area. No, dude, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Um, her family's That's up a there. terrible idea. <laughs> the housing market. Just remember the housing yeah, market. Housing market. <laughs> I know. It's bad. It's, it's bad. But um, No, I get it. And the company wants to open a shop up there. Oh. Yeah. So I'm going to be able to run work in L.A., and from up there and then also be looking for work in the Bay Area and start, yeah. like, trying to get – so. Sounds like you're there, man. Green lights everywhere, yeah. you know. So I'm, I'm pushing now. And, and how long you been it. there? You've been there six years. Six, yeah, you've been there. A good yeah. Month. So, yeah, my work grade is is pretty good. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it gave me some some more clarity on. So cool. So your turn, Steve. It's going to give me some more. Yeah. So, as we were talking about prior to starting this recording, you and I went through a transition around the same time. You transitioned into tech, as did I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went maybe like. I went to a coding boot camp and then I got a job at a uh, startup and you learned a real skill. Well, <laughs> I, I went the soft skill route. I learned how to sell. And everybody tells me that's the real skill now. Nah. And, and I, I do think to a certain degree, it's going to help you do what you want to do ultimately. Yeah. Um, it's good. No, I don't regret. It. I like Whatever. both sides of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it took me this job, this past job to figure that out that I do like, it's a technical side of things, but I also want to make sure I'm engaging with like customers, clients, and that side of things. Yeah, too. I can see that. I, you're I, way too you're way too good at engaging with people to not put you in front of someone. And I like that, you know. Like, yeah. and I think that's why I end up getting better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that company, the startup, wasn't wasn't doing well. Didn't do well. We went through a period of. Um, salary reduction so basically like cut your salary in half almost Mm -hmm. and then uh even further than that later on i was like one of the last two to three people um still working yeah and i was working part-time at the reduced salary so (laughs) part-time of the i was like well i'll do that while i'm searching for a job yeah and right now uh i i started a new job in january Uh and that job is kind of is kind of similar where you're doing technical work as well as uh demoing and and onboarding clients as well oh cool so it's a little bit of both which i'm excited about it's a bigger team bigger company onboarding is kind of like coaching in a way i feel like it is yeah and and so 
there is a lot of times where I there's similarity between what I did as a physical therapist mm-hmm. in terms of coaching or uh, helping people understand something and yeah. implement it. You're talking about best practices. Yeah, and, and I like being like the super user of whatever products we are mm-hmm. and being able to say like, oh, you should try this or that. Like, mm-hmm. And getting into the, the depths of things is fun. Um, I would give myself uh, probably like a B or B plus somewhere in there. Oh, great. And, and I think the only things that are missing is like, um, it's a, uh, not only now is it like, a, it's a similar job, but in a new field from physical therapy, but it's a new industry now. And so it's like a cybersecurity industry, mm-hmm. which is uh, brand new to me in a lot of ways. And I haven't had much time in it, but I'm excited about, you know, I've, I've loved reading books and podcasts on it for a little while now. So that's what made me go in that direction. But I don't feel confident in, in all the, the skills that I eventually want to feel confident mm-hmm. in, in the knowledge that I would like to have yeah. and be able to discuss further. It's like those things that come with time. You don't have those yet. I don't have As time on my side. Over right. Here. Yeah. Six years and all that. Got the confidence that comes with six years. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And then I, I think too, like eventually I would like to have something like a side hustle in some some way. Like uh I feel like the ADHD side of me doesn't want to just have all my chips in, in work. Mm. Um and it could just be something small that doesn't even I, I don't care that it makes like tons of money or anything like that. Yeah. But it would be fun to have like a kind of like a passion hobby, that yeah. kind of thing. I mean, I like doing this. I like uh um woodworking um i've always joked around about making like greeting cards and stuff like that no way because i like to draw yeah um and i forgot we're do- the podcast in itself is i said one. the podcast oh, first i said oh, i like okay. what we're doing this. now oh I sorry i said i missed this. it i missed it and i feel like that could all get wrapped up into the podcast potentially because yeah. i could like build us a website and um maybe there's some kind of artwork that we could uh yeah whatever yeah no that makes sense so i feel like that so what I'm hearing from you is like um, when you're cur- in your current role, what could potentially bump that up to maybe like an A or something would be the confidence that, that comes with like just confidence and maybe yeah. that'll come with time or. And I think I, I do fall victim to comparing myself to other people my age, having oh, changed yeah. careers like later That's on a tough one, for sure and feeling like, okay, most people my age, like Joe, you've had six years of experience. Yeah. You're, you're transitioning from like the entry level roles. No, pretty much nobody my age has entry levels. Well, I have an entry level role. Yeah. And, and I'm the same as I'm the same as you. Yeah. Everyone else in, in my like all my peers were more established, way younger. Yeah. And like, or sorry. Oh, yeah. All the yeah, people yeah. in my same role were way younger. And yep. then all the people as like my age were, you know, yep. mid to senior level management kind of mm. thing. So it was funny. Like, yeah looking around like oh one of these things is not like the other it's me <laughs> as far mm. as like talking about kids and stuff and everyone else is like partying on the weekends and mm. um yeah. and it's like yeah so you, it, it like it sort of highlights that that difference of your of like when you get into certain careers kind of thing um if you had asked me mm-hmm. uh right when Bo was born i would have probably been similar to where you're at mm. because I didn't have a job. Oh, yeah. I was job hunting while we just brought in a new child. Gosh, and I geez. do not do that if you can avoid it. Yeah. As soon as I found uh, out like we were getting uh, like layoffs mm-hmm. and salary reductions, I was like, this is not good timing. No. <laughs> and 
Yeah, I, I think every day you'd show up on LinkedIn and the job boards and all that, and you're like, am I worth anything? Dude. And you don't feel worth anything. Yeah. In this current job market especially is not warm and fuzzy. LinkedIn mm-hmm. is a rough, rough so, machine to mm-hmm. I, I've, spend a lot of time on these days. I mean, it's been quite the change yeah. as of the last month. Um, I feel like I kind of heard in, in your talking about it what might push you up from like a b plus up into the a and it might be like you know owning your business even more to a degree where you get to like expand almost to a new territory and do some of that stuff Mm -hmm. what do you feel like it let's say in a hypothetical future where you move up to the bay area and like start to feel like you're being successful and now in two geographic regions would that might move you up to an a or something um that's a good question yeah it's a great question uh i think moving up to an a is i i think the move is part of it but Mm -hmm. it's not a huge that i feel like i'm that's not like a goal of mine it's something to do in stride to make my life similar now Mm -hmm. to to make what my work life is now when we move it'll be to keep my la work to keep my business going and then like kind of slowly like hand it off to someone else while I build work in the Bay Area. So I'm so in to refill like the pipeline of work I have in LA. Yeah. So I'm willing to like give up some to main not maintain, but like I'm still growing the business. Mm-hmm. Um and when I hit the point that I'm like this is good and sustainable, then ideally um that's where I can refill like that sustainable with like the bay area work Mm -hmm. i think to hit the a will be to hit that like sustainable place yeah like i'm pushing i've been selling so much and this year i'm trying to sell like every year i'm trying to sell more and i haven't hit the point where i only sell this amount Mm -hmm. and i'm good with that yeah you know like because that is that exists in our company yeah where people have the same goal every year and they make a similar amount of money mm-hmm. and it is works for their life. Yeah. No, nobody is like in our company, which I appreciate is chasing like anything beyond their means really. 10 X growth. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. constant, constant, constant. <laughs> yeah. Exponential growth. But it well, it's interesting because the company itself is trying to grow. Yeah. Where we do last year, we did like 29 million, which is a good, a, a large amount in flooring because mm-hmm. flooring contracts are small compared to like an electrical engineer okay. or who like your HVAC guys, whoever else. We're one of the cheaper trades. Yeah. Okay. Um, so 29 million, it's a respectable amount in the LA Orange County area. Yeah. Like we're one of the bigger firms, I think. Um, but our owner wants to grow to a hundred million within the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. So he's like trying to figure out. So we're trying to grow, yeah. but we're not like pulling our hair out. Like yeah. we're hiring that guy. We're hiring that guy. We're mm-hmm. like opening this building and that building. We're just like, how do we make it to a hundred million? And how do we do it looking around at the people around us and the resources around us and just start making small changes along the way? Yeah, it, It's really fascinating. Cause I, I've like, am so in with the way we're doing it we're not we're not like trying to go chaos like we need to get there we're Mm -hmm. like it's gonna happen because we've got the right people like our owners like we got the right people in this room we trust you 
And are you trying to grow it uh, absent adding any folks to your team? We will. Oh, am I? Me personally, yeah, I would be open to it. Uh, sorry, I I meant like the, from the company standpoint. Yeah. Are you guys assuming you will also gain team members to help with the growth? Or? Yes. Okay. Hundred yeah, percent. Like you'd have to. That's for good. sure. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Well, that's that's the whole that's part. That's the main part of it. That's the thing is we've got the the core team who can build we can build on to get to a hundred million. Yeah. And how do we bring in those people who share this vision? Yeah. And are down for it? And we got voted like top hundred best places to work in LA the last nice. two years, I think. Yeah, you, you've, you've had a great work-life balance, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. but Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so getting to the A would be like me pushing. I'm like, I see this new avenue mm-hmm. of business and work, how to work in yeah. front of me. So how do I do it? And once I have a good rhythm of it, like I'm, I'm in the transition of like starting it, yeah. you know? So yeah. it's there's, there's a lot more ahead of me, I know. Mm. And I think getting to that A will be like, okay, I'm doing it. This is working. Mm-hmm. This is good. That's cool. Um, yeah, and this goes back to like, maybe like what would move mine from mm-hmm. like a D up? Or like you were, you just kind of left it open-ended. You were like, okay, so, so to talk more about the, yeah. the D there. And so I think my mind went to like, all right, what would what would it look like for me to, to move it up? Um, and mine will be a lot more. Uh, I think, what's the word? Conceptual, not like super practical. Um, I mean, I think like the easy one would be like, oh yeah, getting a job, I'm probably going to (laughs) feel. At least a little bit better. Yeah, Yeah. but I want to kind of stay away from that Um, because I think my wife sent me something as, because like, you know, even before we, just to give some context, um, our company wasn't doing great over the last two years. The whole time I was there, it was like a 15 year, think of like a company if if what just recently happened was a little bit of like not like the death of it it's like they're still around but it's not trending well mm. so it's like of the 15 years it existed i i came in at like the down yeah. downturn of mm. the business kind of thing and and was just collateral as it kind of got scrapped for parts a little mm. bit at the end a private equity firm came in and like yeah. you know the the they bought CEO, it. CEO, founder, CEO got like not what they, he was expecting as mm-hmm. like an exit. And, yeah. and just like they just gutted the whole thing. Oh, gosh. That's happening a lot. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so it's, unfortunately, that's just like a common thing. And and yeah. I, I heard about it a lot and and thought to myself like, oh, God, I never want to be in that position and now I'm here. Um, what was the business? It's a, it's a software management. Sorry, it's a um, it's a like a work management platform. So like mm. think if you know different types of software it's like crm combined with project management oh, yeah. with like financial reports for mm-hmm. basically like any type of professional service provider mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um it's a, it's a it's a tough like it's a big product for like the small to medium-sized business so mm-hmm. the product market fit it was always rough uh, okay. kind of thing um and you're doing sales yeah yeah and so all right so then my my wife sent me so i was you know i was kind of having a rough time because we just weren't winning as like a organization for yeah kind of the whole time I was there. Um, so it was just tough when you're, you're in sales and lines. you're not winning kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and then like nobody's winning as a, as a team. You're just like, it's probably like how the, I would imagine like whatever team in the NBA or the NFL, who's like three and 12 at yeah. the end of the season. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, yeah, they're making great money. 
But that's not what they're there it's to not do. Fun to lose. Yeah, Nobody exactly. Wants to lose. Yeah, and you're like, God, like <laughs> I want to do another season of this. Yeah. Like you can't mm-hmm. complain. You're a pro athlete, but that just like that's not what we're here to do, kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah. um, so that's how it was. It's just like we were we were like on a losing team, kind of thing. Um, so she, so I wasn't that into it, and I was like a little apathetic, a little depressive at, at home, and my wife was you know constantly trying to poke and prod and, mm-hmm. and kind of assess a little bit like is it time for it? I'm like we knew it was time for a change but there was something nice about hitting like the two-year mark um mm-hmm. at a tech company that yeah. was like a little bit of like a golden rule that's like because I was there two years and a month mm-hmm. and had I tried to transition out before that two-year mark it, it would be a lot harder to get work but mm-hmm. once the once people kind of see like oh you were there for two years like great yeah you're a re- you were a consistent reliable employee yeah <laughs> like the tech just the tech world just so people just jump around so much that they kind of like need to protect themselves with like the two year mark. They're yeah. like, oh, okay, you'll stick around for at least two years. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nuts. Yeah. Um, I don't like that. Like I I like the idea of being somewhere for a long period of time. Um, but anyway, she sent me this thing. I keep getting sidetracked from what she sent me. But it was like if you don't have um this feeling of like security. So, so I'd say like the opposite feeling would be that you're like expendable. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the second part is like, you feel like you're actually like helping people. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, you get a lot of fulfillment out of your work. Like I might say like, if you had those two things lined up, Mm -hmm. it might be like, you have like an A, let's say in like you, like I might feel like I have an A for that grade. And so like, like being expendable as like a sales rep where it's like there's a certain degree of it's very similar to being on the starting squad for any like competitive sports team yeah it's just like oh if you're not performing like you get booted Mm -hmm. and then like i get i understand that concept like i fought for our starting position all four years in college and i you know like see the guys on the bench i was like i don't want to be that person so it was Mm -hmm. very motivating to and like i was like you know, I was constantly looking at my post-game stats of, like, what my hitting percentage was, what my blocking percentage was, and, like, seeing, like, do I – am I putting up numbers that justify me being, like, a starting position? Um, so it's, like, the, all that came to the the surface again doing sales. Mm-hmm. And when you're on a team that's not really winning, you're, like, oh, shoot, like, am I going to get cut mm-hmm. kind of thing? And so – because you see it all the time. You see people get put on, like, performance probation – and then they don't, they don't hit their numbers for like the next thing, and then they're out. And it's so, cutthroat. dude, it is. Yeah. Um. So it's very performance driven, and so there's constant. I mean, not that sales. Like you kind of have to be into that if you're going to be in that type of sales. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, but it just introduced this like constant fear of like, oh, I'm just like an expendable pawn in this mm-hmm. in this game. And so that didn't that didn't feel great. Mm-hmm. Um. And so that was it. Uh, could I ask, is it salary plus commission? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a base. Okay. And then, yeah. And it's kind of 50 50. Okay. Yeah. So you can make a lot of good money if you, okay. if you get some good sales. So the I ratio, the ratio would be like 50 50. Yeah. Mine was a little bit more like 60 40. Okay. I wanted a little bit more base. stability of base. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like that setup alone can dictate a lot of like yeah. how you feel too. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, but then the other part of it, like the helping people, I like really feel like what you're doing is is helping people. Yeah. Um, and how did you feel there? That that took a hit 
as I started to go back and look at like big or like look at accounts that I'd closed like a year ago mm-hmm. and be like, oh, how are they doing? Like I sold them this dream that the system was gonna, you know, change the way they do business. And then, you know, starting to look back at like, oh, they, 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 they completely churned or mm-hmm. like meaning like they didn't stick with their subscription after a year mm-hmm. or they had like, a terrible adoption during like the onboarding and implementation process. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oof, they're like, and they're at, at churn risk. And it was just like seeing like a, a large amount of those was just like, Oh man, like I'm, I'm like, I'm not really helping. Like this product is not really helping. Cause I like kind of believed in it. And I think I, as like, I spent more and more time there, it was like my, I just got kind of like jaded and disillusioned in the, mm-hmm. the fact that like the product actually would help people. Mm-hmm. And I was getting some like data that was supporting that it's like it wasn't really and so mm-hmm. when she when she kind of like sent like oh yeah you're not going to feel very great about work if you're if you're like if you feel disposable and you're not helping people and i was like well, crap like <laughs> those two are pretty yeah. low right now like that explains how i feel about work um and then i would say like i'd put a third one in there like just because i think maybe the perpetual athlete of like are is your team winning like mm-hmm. You've, like every business generally has an idea of what winning versus losing is, if, even if it's just like hitting the same sales numbers as they did last year. That could be winning, um, you know, to like those other people on your team, Joe, where they're like, oh, I, I'm, I'm hitting my number. That's good. Mm-hmm. But having some performance metric where it's like winning versus losing. So I would put that as a third one there. So like whether or not you feel expendable, um, if you're helping people, and then if your team is like winning yeah. and you feel like you're contributing to that, that, that success. And so, yeah. I, I got a question. Yeah. So in this role, obviously you switched industries in a big way mm-hmm. from the fitness and, and wellness world to tech. Your day to day has to look so different. Yeah. And like, what are the pros and cons to how your day looked? Yeah, that was probably the biggest value I think from switching because yeah, couldn't have made a bigger transition. I think like it felt like 180 degrees from um, working in a gym to then like working in a corporate tech uh, industry. And so like the big motivation was the fact that I got to work from home. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I was completely, I was pretty in charge of my own schedule. Like there was a bit of like someone could pick a time to take an, to like want to learn more about our product and it could just get thrown on my calendar at any point in time. But I got to dictate what was available. Like yeah. I could set my availability. Um, and so even that I had control of. And so just like, you know, when you work in the fitness industry, you service people when they're not working. So it's before or after work. Mm. And then like as you as your kids get older, that's the that's, that's like the time you get with your kids. Yeah. And so that was a big one where I was like, especially in the mornings, just noticing like as my kids are going starting to go to elementary school, like I wasn't around in the mornings. Like I would start work at six or five or something like that. And my wife would get them up, get them ready. Granted, I might get off a little bit earlier. Like I stopped uh, earlier on in the fitness career. It, you kind of like burn the candle on both ends because you, you sort of can. But then as you start getting married and have kids, like you tend to, okay, I'm going to be like more of a morning person or I'm going to work more evenings. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I chose to be like more of a morning. Um, like I cut off like I wouldn't work past 
4 p.m. Yeah. kind of thing because mm-hmm. I started work at 5. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so... Um, but then, yeah, I just started missing, like, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, like, missing the whole morning routine. Like, I don't see my kids yeah. until 4 p.m. Um, when with this job, it was like I could start at 8 a.m. and do the whole morning routine. Um, so I just – and then, like, our third kid was coming around. So just having that flexibility in the morning to be able to support my wife, like, I could get the older girls ready. She could manage the newborn. It was almost like like if – I'm almost like if we did if I didn't make that switch yeah. like I don't know how that would have been for her like I mean she would have figured it out obviously she's very she's, tough, a, she's a champ she would have yeah. handled it but it was so nice to like step in and now all of a sudden be around in the mornings mm-hmm. um and then like you know during my lunch breaks I could come in and I'm just like I'm like steps away from my family and so during breaks I could just go hold my well, newborn kid so that was a huge pro of of that um a con would be movement daily just like movement quality and i think the social aspect absolutely like a crossfit gym is is a social club oh yeah it's a barber shop yeah yeah um and that was you know and i i liked that i liked some components of it i didn't like some i'm kind of an introvert yeah like i like my own space and so that was a little i i liked the almost professional cleanliness of my new role as a tech sales. Cause I was like, I was in my garage. Mm-hmm. I like had my own desk. Like no one could just walk in and start talking to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you, I was only talking to you if you're like on my neat, perfect calendar. And I'm like, <laughs> I had like two monitors set up and, yeah. and notes everywhere. So I, li- I liked the, uh, the technical like cleanliness yeah, of it. That's nice. Like I appreciate this. Yeah. <laughs> that's where we're sitting right in. now. Yeah. <laughs> we're sitting right next to my garage. And that's, oh. and that's not a gym at all. No. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, the office smells like sweat and you have yeah, sweaty yeah. clothes everywhere and you're like trying to get professional work done and mm. people are coming in and talking yeah. to you and you're like hey like i'm trying to be a pro here like leave mm. me alone <laughs> or and Lock so the door. yeah um but then just like freedom and like buddies and you know we just yeah goof off and so it's like i miss that kind of stuff but i also thought like oh that was a that was a time to grow up a little bit yeah <laughs> i yeah. mean not to say like i my like my good friends are still doing that and they have kids and stuff. And I think you can do that as a career forever. I just, it wasn't whatever, what I wanted to do for a long time career. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's kind of like the, the differences, yeah. I think, but I, the flexibility to be at home was a huge one. That's, it's such mm-hmm. a gift. Um, it feels really good having that, having the first kid and knowing like that was a big reason why I wanted to switch to mm-hmm. and feeling like it was so worth it. Yeah, and, and like waking up and being like, I'm not in a rush. Yeah, right now, like I picked him up from daycare today at like you know two, mm-hmm. and and I'm the type of person that's gonna like not take that for granted and still get my work done and like I can be responsible. Yes, and so it's nice being treated as an adult. Yeah, and expected to do your adult duties. Yeah, they're like, like hey, this is your job description. Yeah, we trust that you'll get it done. You manage your time. Yeah. That was really I like I like I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think um yeah. So it's uh I don't know if it, if this was true for you, but for me, um the talking aspect actually took a lot out of me. Mm-hmm. In in the sense that uh 
talking to, let's say you saw eight patients in the day for an hour each and talking eight hours, essentially, you know, you're not talking the whole time. Hopefully you're not, hopefully you're doing a lot of listening too, but I would, I would get home and be like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Oh yeah. And I don't want to go out on Friday night and see my friends right now because I'm tapped. Yeah. Just sit on the couch. And now I'm like, what do we, like like we're doing this tonight on a, a weekday on a Wednesday night and I'm like I got so much energy for this I've been thinking about this like yeah. I'm excited about this yeah uh, I'm gonna lose a little sleep but it's gonna be worth it yeah. and mm-hmm. like uh, I'll adjust or whatever and would not have wanted to do that uh, during my work as a PT yeah or in the fitness and totally world. yeah yeah I always felt like yeah I only have so much social energy yeah and. S- yeah, and sometimes it's like that's not where I wanted to spend it. Was at work. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, okay, so you you kind of you hit on three things, and like a sense of purpose in your job where you're helping people, mm-hmm. and then uh, whether or not you other. feel expendable. Oh yeah, expendable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're if you're like if your team's winning. Yeah. 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 If they're generally a successful company yeah it would be nice to yeah. be a part of that totally so what, what's it look like now after getting laid off are mm-hmm. you is it processed are you taking a break what is what does this space look like now yeah for you? i'd say there's like i mean i've been it's funny i it's all i've been talking about like yeah i'm sure like monday and tuesday is wednesday we're recording this yeah. uh monday and tuesday was like a lot of getting stuff organized and then today was a lot of talking with some friends or connections and just kind of verbally processing through some of the stuff um so i actually the and my wife at the end of the day was like all right so what like you were just talking about this earlier yeah i talked (laughs) talked forever all day about it but I, i felt like i boiled it down to like okay i got three buckets right now um more more bucket talk. And, and <laughs> we were got those the buckets. three buckets that you just talked about? No, different? Okay. no, these are different buckets now. We're just okay. using buckets all, all over the place. Yeah. Um, None of us played basketball. I didn't play basketball. I don't know if you played basketball. I'd like to think about Home Depot buckets, yes. the orange ones. These I are, like home, that. These are home Depot buckets. buckets yeah. yeah. Um, so the first bucket is like survival mode. It's like, <laughs> it feels weird saying, but like uh, applying for unemployment. Because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. there's like programs out there that yeah. like do help you through these times, kind of yeah. thing. So like unemployment, figuring out what to do with health insurance, um, and mm-hmm. then I mean, there's even you can even call up your like mortgage lender and say like, hey, this happened. Like, what's available as far as like from a flexibility standpoint? Mm-hmm. Um, so just even like understanding all those options, getting mm-hmm. those set. That's like bucket one. Mm-hmm. It's just like all right income drastically cut we've got to survive yeah let's get those ducks in a row yeah so that's bucket one bucket two is like i like to say like minimum viable product like, <laughs> like what's the fastest job easiest transition i could get and that's and and what that practically looks like is just another sales role at another company that's hiring and yeah. Yeah. To grow their sales team yeah um but that you know i may be jumping right into uh something similar expendable yeah where i don't necessarily like i feel expendable and i don't necessarily know if i'm i can't make this direct connection to like mm-hmm. i'm really helping people yeah. but you know now i put my family in a much more secure position but that's yeah. like bucket two like i've got like 
I just feel like I've got to be proactive on on that front, like trying to make moves and progress on that front. And then there's bucket three, which is like, this is a great opportunity yeah. now to like reassess everything. The board's been wiped clean. Like, mm-hmm. let's dream. Mm-hmm. What's the like, <laughs> what's the next, like this next step could be, yeah. you know, a great step and get you closer to fulfillment and mm-hmm. um the perfect dream job yeah <laughs> yeah and so and so like yeah what it looks like now is this is the first this is week one mm-hmm. and i was and i'm like all right week one is bucket one primarily bucket one yeah and bucket two mm-hmm. ducks in a row yeah. yeah maybe start on bucket two yeah and so made progress on all of those fronts which felt great nice. um but then I have lots of people who care for me who are like, make sure that you're taking time to like dream about what could be next. Like, mm. and the other crappy part about this is we didn't get that great of a severance package. So there's like oh. not a good runway kind mm. of thing. So then that, that makes it feel like ooh, any time spent on bucket three is like a luxury I can't afford yeah. right now. Yeah. But I don't want to fall victim to that. I think that's a little bit of a lie. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so next week is just trying to figure out how to make some time for that bucket three. Um, whether that's just like quieting the, the noise in the head and just like really allowing myself to like wrestle with some of those bigger questions, um, and using like the expendability and like helping people as a framework for like filtering positions or or you know career choices is a good one to can just like get a base to start with um but yeah so so next week it'll be trying to make a little bit more time for bucket three mm. i yeah. i think people always say like oh, the best time to look for a job is when you have a job and i'm like it's also kind of the hardest time to look for a job 100%. because you don't have, you have any time, time. Yeah. i get what they're saying girls. but yeah like you come from a position of leverage with that yeah but the best time to look for a job is when you don't have a job because it's a freaking job just to look for one. Yeah. Yeah. I get what they're saying. And there is, there are some components about what I've been doing uh, as far as like networking goes. Yeah. Like I, it's like I've made all these connections within like my church community and friend community mm-hmm. and where like, I'm very well connected in the tech space, just like in the software industry. Mm-hmm. And I never knew that until mm-hmm. I started like frantically calling around and mm-hmm. being like, does anyone have any advice? Do you have any insights? Do you have any connections? Yeah. And people have just been like, oh yeah. And like, I I should have actually been doing that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I first got this job, been like, you know, I posed it differently. Hey, I just got into software sales do you have any advice or insights? Yeah. Um, Wait, have you talked to Brandon Arbini? So I'm actually, it's funny. Because he mentioned you like, I'm in his community group and yeah. he mentioned you like a week or two ago. So funny enough, on Friday, I'm interviewing for their company. Amazing. Yeah. He just talks <laughs> so many good things about their company. Yeah. Cool. He loves it. So that's that's my hottest lead on the table right nice. now. Oh, sick. Is, uh, is, I'd be working with Brandon cool. and, at his company. So yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's cool that you're in his community group. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything you know that you don't want to do? <sighs> Dude, I have such a hard time with that one because okay. I have I feel like I have such this like uh, a little bit of like a blue or not maybe a lot of a blue collar mentality that's like, ah, like 
whatever pays the bills I'll, <laughs> I'll do kind of thing like it's like no job is below me and like i like my first job and i worked forever was i was like a maintenance worker at my church uh-huh. and it was basically your janitor yeah and so that was like my first job and i i'm so glad i like my parents were like oh you gotta get a job when i yeah. started driving and i'm so glad that that was like my first i think either cleaning up after people or like doing anything in the food service Um, industry i feel like everybody should like you have to start there witness other humans being ridiculous and and not doing that and learning from it or just like just like serving at the like at the lowest rung of Mm -hmm. service like taking out trash cleaning up people's messes like giving people food and then cleaning their dishes like there's no i like I mean, yes, there might be, you could argue there's lower forms of, of service, but like from a, from a respectable profession, it's like, yeah, like if you do that, then it's like, you kind of appreciate everything else yeah. after that. So I, I agree. I did. I waited tables all through college and yeah. sushi. I, yeah. Yeah. A lot of sushi. I ate a lot. Yeah. A lot of sushi. <laughs> uh, but I, I always, when Mackenzie was doing young life, especially with uh, college students, I was like the, you got to work a a food job yeah you gotta wait tables host bus tables whatever like it's just i mean aside from like it's it it can be cash every night if you make real like connections with the chef or the oh, cook yeah. you're getting some food you're getting dinner every night yeah which is great and it's like you're learning how to interact with people you're learning like like these like you often get confused in college about like I should be doing this internship or that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. setting me up for the career job forever. Yeah. But I, I think the service industry is definitely the best place to start to learn. To you learn a lot about yourself in those moments. I feel like work experience used to be like a thing in high school. Mm-hmm. Like it was like part of yeah. high school. Like you had to go out and prove that you could hold down a job. Now it's like. Okay, I'm going to be in every advanced course. No kid yeah. has, yeah, no high schooler I know these days has time for, to work kind yeah. of thing. And they're mm-hmm. in a sport that they play year-round. Or in five sports <laughs> yeah. year-round. Oh, and, uh, and, yeah, I'm like, dude, what a disservice we're doing to, like, high schoolers by, like, not, like, they should get jobs. Like, part of high school is, like, prove that you can be employable. Yeah. <laughs> I did uh, painting, uh, indoor and outdoor painting. And, and some landscaping too that's a good one dude. it was fun that's I, a great I, job painting was great because uh it's kind of meditative in a sense mm-hmm. yeah. and you could just jam the music whatever you want to listen to and like oftentimes nobody's really bugging you dude. uh in college re- i did a food one we'd repaint the church every summer okay and like, it was a big church campus and we'd paint like the inside of the classrooms and stuff every year yeah and that was our favorite week was it oh because you'd like it was a process you'd yeah ma- you'd mask and mm-hmm. you'd like get in your like painter's outfit and you'd do the whole thing and it was fun yeah but it was very like we didn't that was the least we talked the whole yeah. time on the job because you just yeah you just play music and you just like in the zone it. it's, an, it's an art <laughs> like it's fun <laughs> painting a wall can be like you feel like oh i'm this is my work we'd always compare like whose walls are better <laughs> well and instantly awesome. it looks better which yeah. is really nice because yeah. you're like dude this is way yeah. better than it was dude i saw just speaking of paint going off a tangent right now okay you would have loved this if i didn't send it to you but it was a room painted like 12 different ways and okay. the room felt different according to oh, each way this. it was painted. I've seen this. You would paint like half of it like white on top and dark on the bottom and it felt like the it was oh, it was 
taller yeah you would paint like one wall in the back and it made it feel wider because like one wall black in the back and then the sides are white it feels you know it just paint change can really change the perception of something so this was like a similar this was like 12 different rooms all painted differently and based on the pattern or setup it felt different Uh uh-huh okay gotcha. yeah yeah i thought you meant it was like all in the same room oh yeah yeah one room painted 12 different ways gotcha yeah yeah yeah, it's like it makes me think of that scene in uh, the Willy Wonka, the oh, old, the yeah, old yeah. one, oh, where yeah. the, the hallways is getting smaller. Oh, yeah, but it's it's <laughs> not really. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know why. I, I know what you're about. I, oh, I love that movie. <laughs> I did like uh, I worked at a sandwich shop in college. Oh yeah, that, did. Uh, that was such a fun Midway. Job. Yeah, Midway. that was a good one because you see all your buddies come in. Oh yeah, and they're like, you know, what's going on? Blah blah blah. And then uh, getting to take home a sandwich. I don't know. I love sandwiches. So getting to be the like uh, chemist, create your own sandwich, the mastermind behind your own, that was fun. Did you ever question people's sandwich choices? Sure. You're you making it. You're like, ah, I don't know if you want that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of anything like super peculiar. You're like, I left, I left this out. You'll thank me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I... Uh, I, I was pretty open to whatever. I don't. I don't think there's a sandwich on there that I wouldn't eat, mm. but there's definitely those that I choose over others. Yeah, and I definitely created some that are like off menu, like probably weirder than most people would like. You did, and I, I can like feel the essence of that sandwich, but I can't remember what was in it. I want to say it was like mustard and one. One I did was like I added peanut butter to it. Yeah, that's it. Was like it. a turkey Ooh. sandwich with bacon and it like yes, peanut butter and peanut onions butter. and stuff. Yes, and Madison loved it. Did you just say peanut butter and onions? <laughs> it's like all. It's like imagine a turkey sandwich with cheese, uh, like lettuce, a, must, everything turkey sandwich. But then just but then peanut one butter, slice right? had peanut butter on it. <laughs> that's what a lot of people thought. Yeah, yeah I mean you got the whole like. I was just Asian, thinking like Asian influence with like peanut acid. sauce and stuff in there. So I, guess I was I thinking like that. acid and fat, uh, you yeah. know, kind of hitting all those things. But mm. it was like a substitute for like an avocado in a way. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, I'm with you. I it did it didn't taste it tastes good. Some people liked it. A lot of people didn't like it, which is fine. <laughs> I also liked a weird one was like egg salad sandwiches with with bacon on it. Were Oh, I could see that. So I don't think good. that's weird. No, okay, so like bacon no, and eggs. Not, yeah, like, not yeah, often where people. It's a, a standard sandwich. It's like an older. It's like your grandma. Yeah, used to order that sandwich a lot. Uh-huh. I don't think I had you know, but five people our age order that that sandwich. I would trust but my I loved own. It. Yeah, I, I don't eat like an egg salad very often. I trust my own egg salad, but if I'm going yeah. somewhere, I don't. I don't necessarily trust their egg it, salad. Yeah, it can look yeah. weird. It can look pretty weird. Yeah, it's a funny look. Like how long has it been sitting there? Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people don't order that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, meanwhile, I'm eating corn dogs in college, left and right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got a serious, uh, another serious question. Yeah. Um, so we talked about Courtney. And her and her job as a mm-hmm. marriage and family therapist. I'm just curious in your own experience with you know the energy management side of things and talking about these five buckets. What role does she play? Because I imagine it's a big one, mm-hmm. and I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, massive role. Um, I would I'd say like I would I'm much more of the okay. You know we're in a tough a tough season or whatever. I'm just like, 
survive. I'll go into like survival mode. Just mm-hmm. like w- let's just get through it, buckle down, um, and we'll eventually come out the other side of it. Um, whereas she does not like going into survival mode. Okay. She like mm-hmm. like any point in time, she kind of views it as like uh, um like oh well then let's like you know let's let's tweak the settings for this stage so we can still experience yeah. the the highs of emotional state i tend to be well yeah we're going to get into like yeah like kind of personality traits a little bit like i'm i like not experiencing the lows at the cost of experiencing the highs so kind of like just put your head down, stay on an even keel. Like mm-hmm. I don't want emotional highs or lows. Mm-hmm. You kind of miss out in that regard because you don't get to experience the the great the the elevated parts of life. Yeah. But you do get to protect yourself from the the dips mm-hmm. kind of thing. Whereas like she'll make that trade off any day to like mm-hmm. experience the highs and accept the the lows kind of thing. I'm just much more like self protective, um, and so. So she has been a big influence of like, like, hey, it's worth it to experience the lows, um, to like kind of like open yourself up, sure, emotionally, um, like be okay with the full emotional spectrum, whereas like I tend to just compress it down um, to like miss out on the low end, but then you, mm-hmm. um, so it's like she's she has like kind of changed my belief system that like because like i would just operate as like oh yeah the best way to get through life is smooth sailing and she's kind of like no like life is this like crazy like big wave vibration kind of thing and like it's meant to be experienced at both ends of the spectrum um Whereas, like, maybe I fall into the, like, lie of, like, oh, no, like, it should just always be up here. The, like, B plus or, 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 or B or, or even just, like, or even just, like, the unattainable, like, always, a, like, you're just always on an emotional high all the okay. time. Or, like, you're constantly trending up. Okay, okay. And, like, any dip is like a, is a bad sign yeah. that you're doing something wrong. Yeah. It's like evidence that you've messed up or like evidence that you're trending in the wrong direction. And it's like, no, like that's, that's just part of it. And you, like the sooner, almost like the sooner you can learn to um, go through those, acknowledge the pain and the discomfort and like uh, be able to talk about those things, not as though something's wrong, but just like, this is just part of life is like, you know, feeling, feeling bad or, Mm -hmm. or like, like it's like, or it's okay to be super sad or to be upset or to be in conflict with some, like another relationship kind of thing. Because when you acknowledge those and you can talk about those and you can kind of face them head on as opposed to like running away from them, then it creates a, a, like your upper register, like actually gets, even higher kind of thing it's like your relationships with people get deeper your like appreciation for the small beautiful things in life increases and uh and so yeah it's just almost like you like 
maybe it's like turning the sensitivity on like a microphone up mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like you might get some gnarly feedback, mm-hmm. but then you can hear like the beautiful nuances. ASMR. Of, of, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, um, I don't know if I'm answering no, no, your no, no. question, but it's yeah. like. I, I think uh, it's interesting to see how she like from a, at least like a, a high level can has, has an effect on kind of your programming or like yeah predisposition yeah and i'd like to think that my like there's a there's a there's a positive side to to my natural tendency to just kind of stay in the middle and i like help balance her out in times where you know she can easily spiral out of control kind of thing and like uh and i can ground her and and be like i know it's like we can just be cool like it's it's all cool kind of thing so um but i i tend to think that objectively she's helping me a lot more experiencing more out of life than my grounding helps her i'd like to think man who knows what she would say if she was in my seat but um how i was helping her but um yeah so it's uh one one thing that i experienced when job hunting this most recent time and then the time before that when i was trying to get like my first job in tech was just feeling anxious and then like not always having the best outlet for that and and it would cause tension with uh madison and i's relationship yeah and oftentimes it would just like i wouldn't be the funnest person to be around Mm -hmm. and the second time i i wish i wish i could have done better but i just is so i was feeling so anxious i think sleep deprivation probably added to that a bit um and and feeling like I got to figure something out, yeah, fast, yeah. Uh, Sleep deprivation on top of trying yeah. to figure something out fast. And, it's a bad combo. And I just felt like I didn't, I didn't wear it well. Yeah. And I think I probably took it out on her more than I. But then, what was her encouragement? To. I guess, or what? What did she well, push you to do in she, those times? And she had a good approach to it. She's like, "It's not the end of the world. Like mm. you're gonna get a job." And you're getting time with your son, which was a great mm-hmm. uh, blessing for sure. And, and it even became more of one when I finally uh, was working like that part time. Because part of it, I was working full time, but also trying to apply for a job and had the kid. So I was like, the only time I could really get anything done was after he went to bed. Yeah. And and so then you're working to what midnight or something like that. Yeah. So then I'd wake up and just not be fun to be around mm-hmm. and. And not be good at um, putting on a face, I guess, in yeah. some ways. Yeah. And she would just be like, you just, you're, this isn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be okay. And don't don't try to get everything done in one day or one week. Even. Yeah. Because I think I did that at the beginning. Like mm-hmm. the panic was r- yeah. really high. For sure. Um, and, and then I tapered things back and like realize okay i'm gonna do what i can today and not sacrifice some of this time that i'm only gonna get you know maybe a couple times in life with Mm -hmm. your new child and and uh it helped a lot i think just that reminder yeah i think what courtney does a good job of um is like kind of talking about like non-negotiables so it's like no matter how bad a situation is and it kind of sounds like maddie was doing that a little bit yeah. like hey it's not that bad like yeah. don't like 
don't neglect, you know, your like taking care of yourself mm-hmm. at the cost of whatever your outcome is you're looking for. Um, and so Courtney does a great job of that for me where it's like, Hey, have you, have you talked to your friends like in a couple of days? I'm like, no, I've just been so busy. Like, yeah. she's mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, like you're going to be a terrible, like for, like you're going to not, you're going to be no fun to hang out with yeah. for mm-hmm. me, for, for her. You're going to be a terrible father if you're not like at least talking to your friends. Like you need that outlet. Have you, you know, have you gone out and had some fun? I'm like, no, not really. And she's like, well, you definitely need to go. Yeah. And, so she'll, she'll, she'll do a great job of just like kind of, putting that back up in front of me and it's like obvious things mm-hmm. that I'll that I'll sacrifice and I think I'm being you know like the 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 sacrificial husband mm-hmm. of like yeah I'm 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 doing it for you yeah yeah, yeah. and she's like no, no that's bs like yeah no, go, I think I would say the same yeah, thing go talk yeah. to your friends go do something fun and like and you'll and then you'll be way more yeah. emotionally available for everyone else in your life kind of thing that would be like, like go oh. surf yeah, you need to go yeah, and get in like, the water. Oh, or okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. I gotta go. Yeah. It's all the stuff we know. Like, yeah, I remember you guys. I think mean, you brought that up on one of the podcast episodes about like, oh, you have a tummy ache. Like, did you did you do all like the basic, <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of thing? <laughs> and it is like, yeah, like those. And that's what I'm saying. Like, are non negotiables. Like now, it's we've we've sort of established this now after going through, um, you know, three kids. Of like, you do make sacrifices, but then there are things that like we try to make sure the other person has, even in the in the toughest seasons, because when you when you take those off the table, then nobody's like, then you're really just like limping along. Yeah. And so I was like, no, let's like I can handle the ki- all three kids for X amount of time to let you go get some alone time, mm-hmm. um, and we can do that for each other kind mm-hmm. of thing. Whereas like we didn't at some time we would just like all suffer together yeah. <laughs> and it's like why are we doing this like we could we can trade off we can figure out and so it's just like give and take and yeah having those non-negotiables for you as an individual and then i would say like i'm a big advocate now um shout out to a, a friend of mine who like kind of pushed me in this uh it's it's easy as you add a kid and even as you add like in our situation as we added the third kid the your like relationship with your wife starts to you start to like make trade-offs there yeah. because mm-hmm. it's just easy kind of thing. And time. you both, you both kind of feel like, Oh, we got to divide and conquer. And then it just mm-hmm. leaves less time for you. So it's like, like a basic one of like, uh, like having a weekly date night kind of thing. And it doesn't have to be getting babysitting and going out to a restaurant, but intentional being time. intentional, like, and, mm-hmm. and letting her know that like, this is our intentional protected time for like having a date night. Cause if you're not doing like that's, and like my friend is encouraging me, like view that as a non-negotiable um, because it's easy to not, it's easy yeah. just to like let that slide. But then your relational hygiene just goes down the toilet. If you don't have that space, I'd say like even probably before you have kids, but just it gets increasingly yeah. more difficult to make space for that as you add kids into the mix. Probably the comes more important too. Very much so. Yeah. So like now I'm starting to think about it like these non-negotiables, like no matter how bad it gets, <laughs> yeah. like make time for these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do, it, 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 it then like it, increases your positive outlook on whatever it is that you're going through yeah so it could be really bad season but if you have friends if you can go be physical and be outside and if you have like you know a partner that's willing to be your teammate through it it's like you're 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 great you're you're rich like kind of thing so no matter how so that's yeah 
non-negotiables, I think is an interesting that's conversation cool. topic. I like that. Yeah, I think that's a great um, connection to the whole energy management conversation that we've been having and grading your buckets and mm -hmm. being able to reflect on them and recognize what's going well, what's not going well, what's my non-negotiable that I need to hold on to yeah. or you know, put more time in that I know is going to give me life to say if I have a bad grade and help bring it up or yeah. whatever. And I, I think that's, those are wise words that I'm hearing from you. Well, even like, I mean, I love this framework of the five of the five things. I think you guys should stick with it. Keep exploring that with, with guests and maybe my, my contribution to this. And I'm going to play around with this model in my head. It's like, it's like coming up with your, with your non-negotiables for each one of those mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, like for example, I heard you using the the thing of like having a green on our plate for every meal. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like if you made that a non negotiable for mm -hmm. meals, like dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, people look at me funny because I order broccoli with my bear flag burrito yeah. or some yeah. ran. I have broccoli oh, yeah. for breakfast. I I made Mackenzie's parents like eggs and English muffins with jam and. Uh, broccoli broccoli and they're like what is this doing on my plate <laughs> this is a dinner vegetable i was like i was like don't think about it just eat it <laughs> but yeah just like i mean maybe even coming up with like making this approachable for me and and all of your huge audience like yeah, yeah yeah one Thousands of one non-negotiable per like start with one yeah mm. one non-negotiable per bucket i oh. think if you were able to come up with that and and adhere to that that'd be pretty interesting it'd be a fun journal practice i like to it. go through for sure i'll definitely do that yeah yeah it makes me want to do it too i, I do it let's all let's all i've also on this well i was gonna ask you guys too uh we're we probably need to stop here soon yeah, yeah. it's, a, it's about 10 for sure dude it so went like, from we're, we're not, not going to 10 <laughs> it went from 950 to 10 so fast yeah. i know it's where we hit the good stuff you know? i was gonna ask you this but maybe let's just you could just think about this on your own like what are some things that you're happy you've said no to recently or mm -hmm. thing, or maybe there's maybe one thing that you need to say no to more Oof. or have less of? Cause mm. I, I feel like, um, right. Like you listen to a podcast like this, that's about health and wellness and we, we add things. Yeah. 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 And, and, and that's all mm. in good heart. And I think there's a lot of good to add. Uh, but I'm thinking about it from like a habit standpoint. Mm -hmm. it, it might it might be just as hard to remove something, but maybe there's a little bit less barrier yeah. to do that too. It, and in a way, this is having non-negotiables means that you're going to say no to things. Yeah. Which I, I kind of like that thought process, but um, I think, I've been thinking about that lately. Yeah. I mean, alcohol has been a recent one yeah. that I've I've gone through experiments uh, I'm a big experimenter. Yeah. Mm. No, I, um, I know that about you. I love that about you. Yeah. And so I actually went, I, I took a little bit more of a nuanced approach for this time. Okay. I'd listened to the Huberman lab yeah. podcast about alcohol and it was just like, it was almost like a scared straight. Oh moment. yeah. Um, and I took like, I think like a hundred days off Okay, kind of thing. Didn't feel, and I didn't feel any different at all, <laughs> which was kind of worrisome to me. Well, <laughs> I was like, what were, where were you at? Like on a weekly basis before? I think he was using the framework of seven to 14 drinks a week. So that would be either one drink a night or two drinks a night. And mm -hmm. I was easily there. Okay. Yeah. So that's where he was like, and then it's like, obviously, if you're beyond that, then 
all these problems I'm talking about are going to just get worse kind yeah. of thing. So I was definitely in the like category of like every negative effect he was talking about was applicable if you were kind of in that seven to 14 range. So mm -hmm. I was at least, that was, I'm like at least there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking like, oh, just no alcohol for a hundred days. I'll just feel like a different person. Kind yeah. Of, didn't feel different at all. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. Um, so which you're is back not, on the sauce. Well, yeah. Which, <laughs> which is not the norm. Like, I, I mean, that's not what a lot of my friends experienced when they go through it. I mean, they'll be like, oh yeah, I didn't drink the other night and I slept so good. And I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, I doesn't, doesn't have, doesn't change for me at yeah. all kind of huh. thing um i don't know if that's something about my physiology certain or certain, yeah. certain alcohols will certainly affect yeah. you more than others like the cheaper and more yeah sugary stuff processed probably yeah yeah, hurts yeah. More, it feels like but yeah. it, and so you know the but i do these like saying i do experiments it's yeah. like i oftentimes go one extreme and then just kind of like and I do it in the sense of wanting to achieve some sort of balance. It's, it's like, okay, going alcohol free for a hundred days when I, my long-term goal is not to be no alcohol for the rest of my life, but it's to, to get into like a more, let's say healthy relationship with it. Mm -hmm. But what, it, I mean, it, it didn't have that effect. I was just like, oh gosh, I didn't do anything. And I just kind of yeah. got right back into the same habit. Mm -hmm. So then I came to this like new year and was like, I'm going to do six months. Cause like a <laughs> yeah. hundred days didn't, didn't do it. Like maybe mm -hmm. I've got to go longer. Um, and I was like, well, hell. And my wife actually called me out on it. She was like, what if you just like, the, the whatever the sustainable balance is you're yeah. trying to get to mm -hmm. what if you just did that instead? <laughs> <laughs> so i was like hyping it up i was talking to my friends like Yo, i'm gonna do six months kind of thing and they're like whoa and i was yeah. feeling all, all and then i i was like and then i actually just thought about it and i was like what's a good what like how could i say no to it in the in the way i actually want to because mm. yeah. i don't want to i like i mean i think there's a I mean, for me personally, like there's a certain way I like engaging with alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was just like, let's just define that and do that. Yeah. And I, and I, and I've been doing that instead. Um, and, and it's required me to say no a lot more. Um, but it's not like an absolute no for six yeah. months. And that's been, that's been great. Mm. Even, and not even like, hasn't really changed how much I've felt, but it's more just like shown me that I can engage with something sustainably healthy kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah, and maybe if there is something like uh, subconscious from a health standpoint that you're not necessarily feeling, but that it's helping you with long term, yeah. you know, great. I love the data on, yeah. I love data. I think that you can't argue against that. And so I think any, I just, I think objectively any, any ways you can cut down the consumption of alcohol is probably better for you in the long run. So, yeah, yeah it seems like that. Huberman Lab is a pretty good podcast. I like that one. <laughs> if you can swing three hours, of, true. Yeah, of yeah. sitting through a lecture. Well, and like it's it's approachable. To there's be honest, probably but. there's probably like a SparkNotes version of Huberman Lab out there. Like I think yeah. he has a website too that if does you he pay, do like YouTube Shorts or something? That yeah. would be a good place to catch some of oh, his yeah. vibe. Yeah. Um. Well, to sign off, I have to appreciate. I have to say how much I appreciate being invited on, dude. It's yeah, a, thanks for coming we were, on. We were so excited and glad to have you on for sure. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. We, I know Mackenzie and I have looked up to you and Courtney so over the years and um, seen you guys as like role models because we met in church and yeah, um, 
So we're always like, Aaron and Courtney are so cool. We want to just be like them somehow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's fun to have some someone in your at least broader community uh, who is similar, but yet in a different stage of life. Yeah. And just to be able to like, see, like, I wonder what they think about that. So yeah, dude. Um, it's always, I, I agree. I echo what you say. It's, it's always been fun to have that in, in you and Courtney for sure. Well, we'll do a big, uh, we'll do a big get together at the house yeah. here soon. That'd be great. So. Yeah, and I hope uh, the interview goes well. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. And, yeah. And if we can ever help with anything in terms of like getting in contact with people, like I know we talked about Madison's job. Yeah. Uh, although that's not tech related. No. So I mean, everyone. Yeah, everyone's been different. so. That's been one of the cool things about the hard part of the season is just like how supported we feel throughout yeah. this. Just like people yeah tapping into their their networks and making connections i'm almost overwhelmed with the like list that's growing I'm nice like, oh check this out. oh here like talk to this person I'm yeah. like, dude thank you like it's like it's been really cool so yeah, that's cool um I, yeah. my company would hires the right people too so if when you were talking keep about that your, on your, when you were talking about your company like growing people i'm like hey maybe i should talk to joe about it yeah, yeah. no absolutely <laughs> it, it would be i mean a huge you would change everything yeah you know about sales and everything you'd have to learn something new yeah but if you if you got to that place it, the door's open for sure. sure yeah off off uh off record conversation off yeah. uh off podcast <laughs> conversation there yeah cool all yeah. right appreciate well, it boys yeah signing off good night